Alright, what's going on guys? You are here with me, Night Swarm, uh, for Mammoth Games, Inc. Gamescast. Uh, with me, as always, Filtercord. Hey, guys. And we have a special guest. You want to take that away, Filtercord? Yep. Uh, yeah, yet again, to Pete, we have uh, Drake Cummings on again, calling in from L.A., hopefully have some uh, kind of some cool stories for us. He was able to get in on the floor at E3. So, uh, yeah, how many how many days did you go? And then, I guess, um, kind of talk about how you got in there. Hey, guys. Uh, my name is Drake Cummings, as I just said. Um, yeah, I actually, I went all three days mm-hmm. um, to the show floor. So I was there for the full time. Uh, there's I have a lot to report. Uh, hmm. E3 was done very differently this year uh, because they allowed the public access. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I have a lot to report, despite the fact that I played almost nothing. The lines were stupid. It was actually crazy how uh, long the lines are. Uh, this is this cannot run the same way next year. This is my first E3, and I I even know that they fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like there, this was not. It did not serve the purpose it was meant to serve. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like almost no one got to play anything, and so wow. it as a marketing event, I think failed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'd like to just go into, um, first of all, before I even play anything, if it's fun, if you guys, uh, go into, um, like why it didn't work and like what I think they could do better next year. Yeah. I think that'd be interesting. Um, I've definitely heard some, some kind of issues, but, um, you know, a lot of it is people like, oh, well, I heard some people say this and that. So I'd much rather hear it mm-hmm. from somebody who was actually there. Right, yeah, and I'll start with this, and that way we can we can end our E three talks with, with high notes of what I actually That's played. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, so, I uh, this is the first year that they let the public in, and I think it was fifteen thousand extra tickets. But don't quote me on that because I I might just be making that number up. Mm-hmm. But I thought I heard fifteen thousand extra tickets. It was a lot more. Just like walking into the event, like they clearly define who bought their ticket. And who was like industry? Mm-hmm. Industry has a clear badge, um, and the uh, if you bought your ticket, it's like yellow badge, mm-hmm. um, and so you can spot instantly who's like industry, who isn't. I would say most of the people I ran into were uh, were ticket buyers, not industry. Okay, and uh, was we'll, we'll refer to them as general population from here on out. Mm-hmm. Um, and this 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 uh. This literally caused the lines for any game, just any game, to be at all day. Like, you picked one game that you were going to play, and that is all you did that day was wait in line for that one game. Hmm. Um, uh, I waited six and a half hours to play Wolfenstein 2. Like, I have never wow. waited that line Jeez. for... I've never waited that long for a line at, like, Disney World or Universal. Yeah. Like, that is insane that was... how long... Oh wait, is yeah. That's like the same length of time that I waited at a, I think it was a a Comic Con to meet Stan Lee, and that was a poor, a very poor, uh, poorly ran thing because they booked <laughs> Norman Reedus next to him on the same day. Uh, so wow. <laughs> it, it was it was an overpacked scenario. But I, I do I do wonder um, how long was the demo? Was the demo like a half an hour? I mean, so do you think that thing. led to the the length of the line yeah, because yeah. people were staying much longer. Yeah, there was a lot of long demos. The Wolfenstein demo was at least twenty minutes, and the other problem is uh, for the Wolfenstein demo specifically. 
they made two other mistakes. One, they let you choose your difficulty, which you know there's just there's some asshole who's like, I'm good enough to play on the hardest difficulty and beat this demo first try, and then like dies and is there for like a fucking hour because he can't beat it. I can't wait to um, let him do that. Yeah. And yeah, and the second thing is they will not kick you off. Wow. Like you can die as many times as you want. You they will not kick you off because they want you to have a good impression of the game. And if you're getting kicked off, they feel like you're not getting a good impression of your game. Yeah. But here's the thing, like some developers did it right. Um, which we'll, we'll we'll kind of fast forward a little bit, um, but I'll have to come back. Mm-hmm. No, no, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into how they did it right later. I wanna I wanna keep like a, a general order. Okay. Um, why this made me mad was because I like I have worked really hard for a very large portion of my life to get into the games industry in mm-hmm. part to be able to go to E3. Like that was like an industry right. perk. That's like right. getting invited to the Oscars or the Grammys or like, you know, getting to go to a red carpet. Like it's like a privilege I always felt that you had mm-hmm. uh, for being a part of this industry. And so the fact that someone could just buy a ticket now for like not even that much. I think like if you waited too long, it was like eight hundred. But I think if you got like early bird tickets, it was like two fifty or something. That's like less than the price to go to a music festival. Right. Like that's not expensive for a three day event. Uh, and so you can just buy a ticket to go to this thing. And like it, I don't know, it kind of it took the impact away from me a little bit. But um, I mean, I don't want to be too cynical there. Like. E3's got to stay afloat. E3's got to keep making money so it can be putting on this event. It's gotten smaller in the last few years, uh, and then this year was way bigger because, like, they had those extra tickets. And, like, you know, it is a cool thing for, you know, the public to be able to play these games and give their impact. You know, it's more – to give their input. It's more people giving input. It's more people, you know, uh, letting these developers know what they need to fix for their games up. Um, but – so I don't want to be too cynical there – but I think a good middle ground would be, um, and this is kind of transitioning into the what they could do to fix it, mm-hmm. is just have an industry day. Just have at least one day that's just industry so we can go in we can play games with like reasonable lines. Like I heard in past years, because I talked to a lot of people who had been there in past years, yeah. um, they said that like an hour tops, like an hour is the longest you waited for a game. Yeah. There might have been that one game, like last year's Zelda was an all-day wait, all wait, but like mm-hmm. that was it. Like that was the exception. Most things were like an hour tops. Most things were way less. And if you backtrack even like five years ago, people were like begging you to come play their games. Like big budget games, they were like trying to motion you in to like get you to play their game. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there were so many games to play and there weren't a lot of people there. And there, there's so... And there's a lot of cool shit to get at E3. There's a lot of t-shirts, there's a lot of bags, there's a lot of like cool different things you can get, and you get those things by playing the game. But so now you have to kind of like, in past years, you just you, co- you collected them all. It was like a Pokemon game of merchandise. And then in yeah. this year, like you chose, you're like, do I want the Evil Within t-shirt or do I want to play Wolfenstein 2? Like you have to kind of pick, do I want the thing or do I want to play the game? Which is also like... Is also kind of shitty. You should be able to just play what you want to play. And for, like, someone who's in the industry like me, like, E3 is also supposed to be a networking event. It's supposed to be a place for me to go and meet other people in my industry and be able Mm -hmm. to, like, network and maybe get a job or maybe make a good connection or collaborate with someone on a project. And that becomes exponentially harder when there's just all these, like, 
people who work at banks and people who work at GameStop and people who, you know, uh, are just, you know, are in college and stuff. Like, networking with these people, like, does me no good because they're not in my industry. Yeah. And so, um, like, I would be stuck in line for six hours with, like, very nice people, but people who worked at, like, a power company or a construction company. And it's like, that's dope, but I was really hoping to talk to someone who works at, like, a company that I want to get a job at. Yeah. So it yeah. also it hindered my networking abilities, and so like the way to fix this is just have at least what make E three four days and make two of those days industry, uh, one of those days crossover and one of those days public, or mm. one day that's public and then the uh, sorry or one day that's industry and then the rest is public. It, it doesn't even have to. It can just be one day. Like I'd prefer if industry didn't get the shaft and industry got like t- at least two full days of just them. Right. But even if it's just one day. That would help out exponentially. Yeah, that's um, that, that, that was my thought. It's like you know, why not give the industry like the first two days, and then the last day can be like a joint thing where the industry people can still come yeah, and check stuff out, but it, it's also open to the public. So you know, mm-hmm. get your game playing exactly. out the days before, and yeah, or or make it four days, make two industry and two public, and then industry can still go on public days, but public can't go on industry days or whatever. Right. Uh, because like I, I realize you need to make the value. You can't make the. Th- they need to make sure that the ticket price that they're charging is validated by how much time you get at E3. Yeah. I get that because like opening up to the public, I think for the most part was all about just like making sure E3 can still maintain its money because mm-hmm. it's very expensive to run out to Los Angeles Convention Center and yeah. a lot of developers have just been backing out. Like EA does their own thing, which actually have a really cool EA Play story too. Uh, Activision like didn't go last year, but they did come this year. So um, opening up to the public has had some positives, but. Um, you know, if you're not, and I mean, media still gets to schedule appointments. So media is still, for the most part, fine. It's just like everyone else in the industry who just like it, it feels like they kind of got shafted with this deal. Yeah. Um, and then like it was insane. So I lined. I wanted to play Wolfenstein two so badly, and I'll get into why in a minute when I get into the positives. Uh, so uh, I admit, like the first two days when I got into the line for Wolfenstein, I got in there like an hour after the show floor opened and they were like, we're already capped for the day. Like the people in line right now are the only people who are going to like, we have time to play this game uh, mm-hmm. today. And I was like, damn, okay. So Sunday I was like, I'm getting there early. I got to the convention center an hour early and that still wasn't early enough because the line to get into the convention center was already super long by then. Jeez. And so uh, by time Sunday, I actually got into the line for Wolfenstein, I had just made it. I was one of the very last people before they capped the line. And I got to the convention center an hour early, and I got in line about 10 minutes after the doors opened. Hmm. So, like, that's how crazy the lines were. Um, and uh, so, yeah, um, like, how they can fix this on top of, like, just making industry days. Because I heard they're actually not going to do that. I heard they're not going to change anything for next year. But, you know, they that's still have a year to... Yeah, they have a year to change your mind about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because other big events do pub- like industry days and public days. Like that's how Gamescom does it, and I think TGS. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, another thing they can do, yeah, is just change the way that they do E3 demos now. Um, I think I this year I want to give them a pass because like this was their first year having to deal with that, um, and I think they just like didn't really know like how many more people would be and how long the lines were going to be. I think everyone was surprised. But, uh, yeah, like, don't let people play until they finish it. Like, give them, like, three lives. Yeah. Like, that's what some demos did. They were like, okay, you have three lives. Like, 
We know that sucks, but like we have a lot of people that need to play the game. Just choose a difficulty that's appropriate. Or yeah, B, don't let them choose the hardest difficulty of the game. Like let them do normal or easy and then say mm -hmm. you have three lives, play this game on whatever difficulty you want. Maybe if they like get killed like you know, like in the first two minutes, three times, like maybe let them go one more time just so they can experience the game. But have it kind of be on a case by case basis. Everyone's not sitting down watching everyone else play. No one's going to know if you're like, let one person live four times, one person live three. You know what I mean? Just yeah. like see how far into the demo they're getting and then, you know, do that. Also bring shorter demos. Uh, the Wolfenstein demo did not need to be 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. It was like basically the first level of the game. And wow. you don't need, it didn't need to be. It could have just been the first half. Like, I got it. Like, I got the, I got the, the gist of the game. I got, you know, how, why it was different and stuff within that first. 10 minutes it didn't need to be 20 um so yeah bring short demos limit how people play it um and stuff like that i want to say bring more kiosks but like honestly a lot of places had really big booths and they had a lot of kiosks and that wasn't really the issue it was just the length of the demo and just how many people there were mm. um but uh, also i think there should be other ways to get the merch besides just playing the games if it takes all day to play one game like it's advantageous for you to give out as much merch as you can because if people wear your shirt, that's walking advertising. And yeah. so it made sense in years past where you played the game to get the merch because you wanted them to play the game so they'd talk about the game and then you gave them merch so they'd wear it around. Well, now, since a lot of people don't get that opportunity to play the game at all, there's got to be other ways to get out the merchandise. So, um, so yeah, so that was kind of, that's kind of my report on like E3 the event. Do you guys have any questions about like the event itself before I get into like what I what I did what I was able to play? Yeah, I, uh, did you uh, get to check out anything um, outside of the convention center? I know there were a lot of things that were happening, um, you know that that we saw from mm -hmm. the home or whatever, like Bethesda yeah. Land, um, I, Devolver. I'm not sure if they got to do something or they tried to do something and it didn't work. I know they usually have like a back lot thing in a parking lot. Um, that mm -hmm. sounds really cool, but yeah. just wondering if you... Yeah, so uh, a few of them I did and a few I didn't. I'm really mad about Bethesda Land because I didn't know it was a thing. Hmm. Like, because I don't know how much tickets are to go to the Bethesda's E3 press conference. I know it's open to the public, but uh, I don't. it might be free. I'm not sure. But by the time I like I got around, I remembered like, oh yeah, I can go to that because I live in LA. Um, I looked out and tickets were already sold out, and I was like, oh, that, that's that, that's too bad. Like I won't get to see their press conference live in person. I had no idea they actually threw a, a carnival. Like um, I've heard from people like who went like it was like actually like a, they built a theme park yeah. for like a pop up theme park for uh, they built Bethesda Land. With that's the Ferris insane, wheel and. and yeah, like everything mm -hmm. that I yeah. saw, and everything that I saw from home, and just from some of the other industry professionals yeah, and, that I know that were there. Um, yeah, I mean they had things that um, that they, you know, that they would have like even out in the road when they were touring for, I think it was like Skyrim or something. They had that like mobile food truck mm -hmm. with that like um, um, what was it, like dragon leg turkey, uh, like turkey leg thing that's just like just a massive turkey leg that looks like something a barbarian would eat. And I saw people walking around with those um, and, you know, tons of other stuff. Um, I think even I one heard guy... there was, there was free cocktails. Like each oh, station okay. had like its own specific, like mixed drinks that they made that theme to the game. And it was all free. 
Oh, that's um, awesome. And uh, and stuff. So yeah, like I I hope they do Bethesda Land again next year. Like I'm absolutely gonna get on that. Like I'm gonna be checking out like three months before the press <laughs> conference. I'm gonna be checking like that website every day to get my ticket. No um, but so I didn't get to go to that. I did get to, and I didn't get to go to um, the uh, Jeff Keeley, um, the patron saint of games journalism. Right. Uh, uh, did a thing called uh, E3 Coliseum. And it was held, I believe, at the Nokia or the Microsoft Theater, whichever one it's called now. Um, just like j- it's just around the corner, like it's literally like maybe a two hundred foot walk, two hundred meters. I don't know how distance works. It's really close. It's like maybe a block away. And uh, I would have gone to that, but because um, anyone with an E three badge can go. But it was, you know, I figured like it was panels. Um, and I figured, like everything else, the line to get into the panels are going to be huge, and I'd rather be on the show floor than waiting in line to see something I can see the like the live stream archive of later. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't bother with that, but it was an option. Uh, and I don't know. I Devolver was supposed to be there do their Devolver picnic, but that got sh- shut down because of like weird like zoning laws. Like you like they wanted to do it in a parking lot and like the laws of Los Angeles County didn't allow it or something. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so I heard they did something somewhere else, but I didn't see it. I didn't see it anywhere. Um, and then uh, outside the convention center, Sony had a giant merch store, uh, which um, I don't have any money, so I didn't stop inside, but I just kind of like peeked because um, it was like an open air market. So I was kind of like, like looked from afar at their wares uh, and they had like, uh, Trico plushies, like uh, tre- Trico stuffed animals, and they looked cool. adorable. Nice. I would have loved one. I have no idea how much they were, but yeah, I was like, I, however much it is, it's too much. That's 50 uh, bucks probably. <laughs> <but>. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, the one thing I did stop by at every day was outside of the Nokia Theater, um, Twitch had a giant like esports stage, and they had ESPN there as well reporting on it. And they just they played a different fighting game. They had a fighting game tournament each each day. I never stayed for the full thing, but I always it started like right after the show floor closed. So you know people would go out and then they would watch the fighting game tournament. I never stayed for the full thing, uh, but uh, I caught the first bits of each of them. I think the first day they did Street Fighter Five. Uh, the second day they did. I don't remember what the second day was. Um, I want to say it was Marvel vs. Capcom, but I don't remember. And the third day was uh, um, Injustice 2. So, uh, so that's cool that they had that like kind of blown out. Um, and so those are all the auxiliary events that were going on around E3 that I knew of. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I know a lot of like the companies and stuff have like parties. I was talking to the uh, some of the first party Sony guys, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, after this, we're going to the." Sony Worldwide Studios party. I was like, ah, oh, that sounds cool, but obviously I couldn't get in. Um, so you just gotta uh, act like you yeah, belong there and like... walk in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I have no idea where it was. They would, they they wouldn't tell me where it was. Um, mm. But yeah, there there's a lot of like parties and mixers and events that I'm just like not in the know enough to be able to get into. Uh, but uh, yet, yeah. but uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that happens around E3. Um, but, uh, I, I was not able to go to very much of it. Um, I don't know if you would consider EA play to be its own, 
auxiliary event. Mm-hmm. I suppose it is. Um, it doesn't take place near the convention center, but uh, it's um, uh, it's actually it's walking distance from my apartment. It's in Hollywood. It's just like three yeah. blocks away from me, so I walk to it. Uh, I have a cool EA Play story. I don't know where you want me to fit that in. Uh, um, I mean, I don't know. We kind of have a uh, like we run off a really we play we play it fast and loose uh, here you broke at up. MGI. So uh, yeah, you know where no okay no just... rules wherever you feel like uh, tossing it in. Yeah, cool. Okay, I'll um I'll fit that in um before I talk about E3 proper. So uh, me and my buddy Ryan, because E3 Play is a hundred percent open to the public. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't you don't need to be industry. Like industry doesn't matter. Like you just you go to the website, you sign up, you go for free. So me and my roommate went uh, to EA Play, and they, they sent us an email beforehand. They said get here early. There was going to be a lot of people. We gave out more tickets than there is space, and we're <laughs> like, okay, cool. Well, like, it's a free event, and they just want to make sure that they have a full house. So, like, it makes sense yeah, that they overbook right. because a lot of people just probably just, like, sign up and don't show. Yeah. So we're like, okay, cool. We'll we'll get there a half hour early. <laughs> that was not early enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we should have gotten there, like, two hours early. Um, there was a massive amount of people, and, like, the, the, uh, the Hollywood Palladium, where this is being held, was at capacity. Like by the time we got there, they were just like, um, like after they opened, and like they let like the first few whatever many people in. They're like, a guy went down the line and says, "Look, we're at capacity. Everyone go home. We're, we can't let anyone else in for the rest of the day." And we were like, "Well, what if like people leave?" And they're like, "Even if people left, there's no way like we'd be able to get people this far down the line in. Like, wow. just go home." Which is crazy. And wow. so they're they're like, here's this bag though, like as as a uh, <laughs> consolation prize, and I'm just like, I'm like my to my roommate Ryan, I'm like Ryan, this is bullshit. We're getting into that. We're getting into EA play. He's like, I don't know, dude. They they said they said or not. I'm like Ryan, they're testing our faith. <laughs> we are being tested here. We cannot leave. Uh, I I did you actually leave for a minute. Easy. I ran mm-hmm. to. I ran to Office Depot to print off more resumes because I knew I had extra time. <laughs> so I came back and uh, barely moved. And like the line started moving a good bit. And as we got farther down, someone else came and was like, the line moving is an illusion. No one is getting in. People are just leaving. Everyone should leave. You cannot get in. And I'm just like, no. You're like, I don't, I don't trust you. I don't believe you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm trusting EA. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I was sticking in line. Uh, like, the event's only four hours. Like, whatever. I'll just wait here. Um, and so then we kept moving because people kept leaving. And then a third person came through and was like, you're wasting your time. Leave. And then at this point, my roommate's like, all right, man. Like, we, we should just go. I'm like, no, we're so close to the front. He's like, yeah, we're close to the front, but the gates aren't open. I'm like, no. No, trust me. And then, like, maybe 30 minutes later, they opened the gates again and they let us in. Mm-hmm. Nice. And, <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, my faith was rewarded. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so we got in. Um, and it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, it was pretty crowded, but I was just happy just to be in there. We took a bunch of pictures. They had, like, a giant Titanfall statue. Uh, they had a, a bench set up with some Sims. And, like, you sat in the middle of the bench and, like, you were a Sim. And then they took your picture. Um, there was, uh, they gave out free monsters, which I don't even like energy drink, but I was like, hey, it's free. So I took them. Yep. Uh, and uh, then uh, 
Uh, yeah, we played. <laughs> we played one game. Um, because uh, at this point we only had like two hours, and like honestly, like it was like about an hour and a half for each game. And mm-hmm. so we wait. We picked. We chose Need for Speed as the game we both wanted to play. And so uh, yeah, I got to play Need for Speed. It's pretty fun. Um, the demo, like a, a E3 demo should be, it's relatively short. Uh, it's very hard to die, um, and uh, and stuff. But uh, uh, I had a few issues with it. Um, mm-hmm. You you always seem like I know you guys probably saw the demo. So you're driving through and you hit cars by like ramming into them. It always kind of seemed that I was faster than the cars chasing me. But you can't proceed until you destroy the cars. So I kept having to like slow down to hit the cars. Uh, maybe if I had just kept going, they would have caught up to me eventually. But that just felt a little weird to me. Uh, some some of them sure they can iron out. Uh, also, um, the crash cam uh, mm. is not every time. It's not as frequent as it was in the E3 demo, like the stage demo. Right. But it was still a little too frequent. Uh, I hope there's a way to like adjust how often that is because it's oh. cool the first few times and then just becomes distracting. Uh, also, you it slows down, but you don't stop. So sometimes, like, I would hit someone and the crash cam would go into, like, this, like, cool shot of the other character, of the other car crashing, but then when it snapped back to me, I would just, like, be ran into a pole because, like, I couldn't see where I was going. Uh, uh, so... so that's, that's probably, like, a bug, hopefully. Yeah, so it's, like, I'm hoping, like, Either that's shorter, you can maybe turn off, or like it could also like do a pan out where you can see the crash, but also see where your car is, so you can still like steer away from obstacles. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, no, it's usually cool. I'm super in on the new Need for Speed, uh, and I've never bought okay. a Need for Speed game, so um, I'm not like I'm a fan of the franchise. I just think this one looks super interesting. Uh, and then the craziest thing that happened at EA Play was like the musical performances. I wasn't expecting that. I took a Snapchat. When we first got in, uh, it, that was a joke. I, I took a Snapchat of like the venue, and I was like, "Here at the EA Music Festival," because it <laughs> felt like a music festival. It felt like a um, yeah. like a cool like vibe to it. There was a DJ like up on this giant booth playing music, and he was playing like really good music and stuff, and like everything was bright and colorful, and like it felt like a music festival. And I was like, "Oh, I'll make a little Snapchat joke," and then like the joke mm. became reality because like there was a music there was there was one guy that came out, and he was pretty good, but I didn't really know him. And then Nas came out, like huge hip hop, huge hip hop legend Nas just performing for this EA event, uh, and I'm like, whoa! Times are tough, dude. You got to pay those bills, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's got those student loans. <laughs> yeah, I mean Nas isn't super relevant anymore, but he's still like a huge yeah, sure. name. I'm sure booking him was not cheap on EA's part and for yeah, this yeah. free event. Uh, and so that's crazy. I got to see Nas live, and I was not expecting that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, EA Play, super fun, and like it, it feels all the better because like we were told we weren't getting in. Um, yeah, yeah. So, that always you know, makes things a lot better when it's like you you achieve some sort of victory. It, it's just like kind of the like fruits of your labor, you know. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So, um, do you guys want to hear a little bit about the show floor? Oh sure, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I heard that there was. Um, a lot of people who were, uh, like, the, there was a lot of security, but they weren't really doing anything. That they were, like, uh, just kind of standing around. And I heard that there was, like, um, people walking around with bags that weren't checked at the door. And that they weren't checking badges to, like, confirm that people were supposed to be there. Um, weird. So, uh, yeah, no one checked my bag. 
I just, um, I kind of assumed I walked through a metal detector at some point, but now thinking back, I don't think mm-hmm. I ever did. So yeah, no one, that's what I heard. No one checked my bag. Yeah. Um, I guess that's strange. Uh, especially since it's open to uh-huh. the public now. I guess, again, maybe just a bleed over from, like, years past, like, it wasn't necessary because, like, you're all industry, like, it's, like, not as likely that someone's going to go postal, but, um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, no, badges, though, they, um, they, uh, maybe it didn't feel like your bag- badge was being checked, but it was because what you did was you walked through a, uh, a blacklight to get, it, like, every door had a blacklight above it, and there's a little, like, symbol on your badge that lights up. Um, under a black light, and so as you're walking through, they're just checking to make sure that little symbol lights up. If it doesn't, you have a fake. And if you don't have a badge at all, they'd ask you to like take take your badge out and like wear your badge. Um, so um, maybe it didn't seem like it, but um, and I mean there could have been other gaps I didn't notice. I was gonna say it's kind of like they were they were kind of like um, doing like a retroactive check and not necessarily like an upfront check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't see anyone in there who didn't have a badge. Um, and there was mm-hmm. a few times that, like, I would I know it doesn't happen to me, but a few people, like, got pulled to the side, and then they, like, have a little black, like, pen, and they shine at them. So I guess, like, if they didn't, like, notice it, like, as they were walking through, they, like, called them back to check it. So, like, I thought security was mm-hmm. fine. Um, uh, okay. It wasn't airport levels. Like, um, you know, it wasn't super thorough. Right. But, like, as far as, like, whether or not you were supposed to be there, I, I thought, like, they were checking that, like, pretty well. So, like, I don't know how you would sneak okay. in. If someone's, like, you have to sneak into E3, I don't know how I'd do it. So. Uh, yeah, it's, and, you know, these are um, these are also, like, games journalists who, you know, are probably, they look like they're meant to be there anyways. Yeah. And if they're doing some sneaky shit, somebody might be like, oh, that's so-and-so. I read his reviews all the time. He's good to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. So, yeah. all right. I can, I can see that. So. Um, but, and- but, yeah, go ahead and... Uh, Tell us some of the stuff you saw on the floor. Yeah, the, the floor itself was cool. A lot of people brought their their A game for these booths. Um, uh, special shout out to actually Atlas uh, had a dope booth uh, mm-hmm. for um, for Yakuza. They just like built one of the streets okay. from that game. It was like a like a yeah. shady back alley in uh, in Kiwami. Um, or that's cool. Not Kiwami. I don't remember what the name of that town is. But uh, yeah. Uh, they had that Capcom really had a cool booth. They had a giant monster from Monster Hunter. Uh, they had Ultron just sitting on a throne, Ultron Sigma from uh, the new Marvel vs. Capcom. Uh, and then wow. they had a giant wall where they had the history of Street Fighter. So it'd be like they had like a television screen playing footage from all the games and then underneath like a description about like what each version added to the franchise. Um, okay, that's pretty cool. Uh, their Harvest Moon had a giant wall where they like showed every Harvest Moon game. There's been like uh-huh. over sixty of those games. I had... oh, a lot of them released only in Japan, oh, and they, okay. they were probably uh, usually when they did a port, it would have a different name. Oh, okay, and there was even some stuff like the one on the N64 was different than the one on the PlayStation. So I can see it. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I had no idea there's so many. Um, there yeah. was, uh, uh, Bethesda had a big booth. It wasn't especially interesting. Um, it was just kind of basic. There was, uh, but there was like the, for their VR things, uh, they didn't have very mm. VR, very many VR stations. So they put you in this giant glass box and like everyone could just watch you play. Um, and it was weird cause we could weird. see them, but they can't see us. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I got to see a few people playing some fallout, some Bethesda VR stuff. 
Uh, I didn't see anyone play Doom. I saw some people play Skyrim and some people play Fallout. Uh, they both look exactly how you'd expect. Uh, expect the thing about the Fallout on uh, sorry Skyrim VR on PlayStation VR that concerns me a little bit is I didn't see anyone just free moving around. They were using the teleporting thing because there's no analog sticks on the move yeah. controllers. So I'm really hoping that you can just like freely walk around because that's what it looked like from the trailer. But I just mechanically I don't know how you would do it. So um, I'm not sure how they're going to do that just yet. But um, I just saw people teleporting around. Um, uh, besides that, they, they look exactly how you expect them to play. Um, let's see. Uh, I hope, I really hope for Skyrim VR there's an option just to play it with a controller. Like, use the VR headset, but just play it with yeah. a controller. Like, giving you that option is always nice because, like, motion controls are cute and, like, they're fun and immersive for, like, the first 30 minutes. But then you're just like, I'm already tired and this is a 100-hour RPG. Like, this is not yeah. doable. Also, I again, like, VR is dope, but, I mean, Dramamine wears off after six hours, and, like, sometimes you want to play uh, Skyrim for a little longer than that. Um, I mm -hmm. really hope there is an option to play it without VR. Like, yeah. the, uh, the a VR-only Skyrim would actually be awful. Like, I've been wanting VR for Skyrim forever, but I want the option. I don't want to have to play the whole thing in it. I just want to play it in VR when I want to play it in VR. And then just like some section, some days just be like, I just want to play it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, uh, Bethesda had the best booth of the show, though, uh, for one particular game. And this is why I played Wolfenstein 2. Uh, Wolfenstein 2 is not what I wanted to play more than anything else. But this booth, I wanted to play this booth more than anything else. They had a diner. They built the diner in the middle of the show floor and you went in and you played Wolfenstein 2 at this diner. Uh, like you went into mm -hmm. a booth like with a, t a table with the menus and stuff and there was a TV screen set up and you played Wolfenstein 2 in this diner and they served you strawberry milkshakes. Uh, oh wow. It was, it, was, it was really cool. It was a really cool atmosphere. They had like the guy in the back of the diner making the strawberry milkshakes and they had like good music and it was good vibes and like it looked really good it looked mm -hmm. like this whole thing remind me of universal and disney like oh, all these wow. like things are set up like the rides and like you know with like cool backdrops and stuff um let's see uh there is um there was a giant like esports area where people were playing different things i caught a little bit of quake champions tournament um that was cool um uh, that was uh, that was most of the cool stuff in uh, South Hall and West Hall, I think. South Hall had um, mm -hmm. was smaller, but it had two big hitters: it had PlayStation, and Nintendo, uh, and the Yakuza thing was actually in South Hall too. Um, uh, mm -hmm. They ha IGN and Gamespot had huge booths. I wasn't expecting that, um, where they just did their live mm -hmm. their live cast or whatever. But uh, Nintendo had like the whole thing dedicated to there were other games to play but their entire booths like design was dedicated to Mario Odyssey uh, like they built New Donk City inside the convention center uh, yeah, that's what I and did. they had yeah and they had like um, the top hat ship like also there and like a giant Mario and a giant Bowser tank and stuff wow. uh, it was really cool it really did feel like if you've ever been to uh, Universal Orlando and you're walking through the Marvel area and it's like a city. It's like that, but mm -hmm. New Donk City. Um, yeah. Damn. 
Um, let's see. Oh, and then Sony, uh, Sony's whole booth wasn't themed to any specific thing, but they had probably the biggest booth of the show, and like, like kind of like a, a theme park. Like each of their rides, each of their like stations for things was themed to its own thing. So uh, there was now none of these were playable. These were all theater demos of a developer playing it. But there was Monster Hunter. Uh, which had like a bunch of grass and trees and stuff. There was Uncharted, <laughs> awesome. uh, Lost Legacy, which had like a cliff and like a whole bunch of Uncharted-y stuff. Uh, Days Gone, which had like this like abandoned farmhouse. Um, Spider-Man, which had like a, a piece of the city and then like a helicopter suspended from the ceiling of Spider-Man on top of it. And then there was uh, Detroit, which was actually just like a bunch of like a, like a sci-fi wall kind of. Um, and so the rest of their booth was just like kiosks and stuff. There's a big section for Destiny 2, big section for Battlefront 2, and a big section for or Battlefield 2, Battlefront 2, and a big section for uh, Call of Duty. Then they had a big VR section um, and NAC 2 and Matherfall. And then the rest of their booth was for European media only, and that was to play their new thing, their share link or their play link initiative. Like the stuff that you play from your phone, um, kind of those party games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was very weird. It was European media only. It was very like I, I don't know why specifically that, but um, that was not accessible to me. Hell yeah! Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Of July? Oh shit! Cool. Hmm. I did not know it was coming that soon. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm in. Like, if I ever had a group of people over at my apartment, like that's like that sounds like a jolly party game. Um, it's similar to the Jackbox Collection. If you guys are familiar with that, um, which is just also a bundle of fun. Huh. I, I so. do know. I do know that is that um, that phone game that they were showing where you take a picture of your friend and then like draw like whatever on them um that is supposed to be playstation plus free game of the one of the free games of the month uh for next month starting on the fourth i don't know yeah it it kind of uh it kind of confused me when it said the fourth i didn't look at what day the fourth falls on but uh i was like why tuesday that's when the update yeah i was like but why was it why was that singled out question none of the other games were singled out saying like only it, you know it's only showing up the fourth like after the fourth and i was like why hmm. is this game being singled out and the other two games that are free for ps4 um, you know not and then lastly the last really cool thing and I, again i didn't get to play this because like line was too long but i think it was like it was some kind of third party controller manufacturer um like you, they you there was like three games to play like one was like a nintendo game one was a sony game one was a microsoft game i think and you could have played these games at a different booth, but the reason you played it there was because they wanted to use they wanted you to use their third party controller when you played it. Mm-hmm. But their catch was you played it in a giant ball pit, like you were like submerged into like a ball pit, and you played it while you were in mm-hmm. a ball pit. <laughs> um, it's super silly, but like it seemed like people were having fun. Um, I, w- I wish I, I wish I could have partake, but I was uh, you know, time. <laughs> I only had so much time, so. 
the first two days, I mostly just walked around and played some things that had a really short line because there was a few things that didn't have a line. Um, and then the third day, I dedicated to Wolfenstein 2. So I can just quickly go through like what I played because it's not much. Um, I played Final Fantasy XII uh, Remake because um, uh, there was no line. I was actually walking by the kiosk. The Square Enix booth was overall pretty boring, but I was just walking by the kiosk and someone handed me the controller. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm playing this. Uh, it looks great and uh, it... it it, it looks really good. Like, they did a really good job with Remastered, but I mean, it's the same game that you, uh, you know, if you like Final Fantasy XII, you know, play this uh, kind of thing. Um, but, um... I know they added mm-hmm. um, the stuff that America didn't get the first time around. Like, uh, like the Zodiac, um... I don't remember exactly what it's called. It's like a, like, you actually have, like, a job yes. system. Whereas the first time I played it in PS2 did not have yeah 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 they added a lot mechanically i didn't really get to mess around with any of that uh this was a pretty free roam um this is a pretty free roam thing you were just kind of in the forest section you could just kind of like walk around and fight things so um i didn't really get to mess around with like switching jobs or anything like that um Mm -hmm. uh next i went over to the indicade because there were some short lines at the indicade and i played uh this game called steinfield um, by uh, Gaddick Games. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... I've seen, like, eight different games like this, though. Like, I don't know who came up with the concept first, but it's... Uh, and Austin, you've probably seen, like, a five of these at Full Cell alone, uh, where uh, it's black and... Like, everything's black, and you make sound... When you make a sound, like, it kind of lights up, like, the uh, the wireframe of things or, like, the outline of stuff. Oh, yeah, but, it's basically... Um... I don't know, like Beyond Dies, Unfinished Swan. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. But like when you, but it's it's a horror game. So like the more sound you make, the more you attract the monster to you. Um, oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, you probably heard, you probably heard about that. And we're not even cool. talking about the same game. Like they, this That's concept possible. has been used so many times. I saw a demonstration for almost this exact same thing at uh, in Orlando from a different team coming out of uh, the Dave School. Uh, mm-hmm. at, um, uh, what was that monthly thing in Orlando? Was it Indienomicon? Indienomicon. No. Yep. Is that the monthly thing? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, uh, I saw a presentation for that at the, from a team from the Dave School at Indienomicon, like, right before I left. So, mm-hmm. like, this concept is, is not super original. Um, that being said, it's a cool concept. Um, and what makes this one mm-hmm. especially interesting was it was in VR. So... Um, I played it of a PSVR um, on a PlayStation Pro, uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. Um, and I didn't get motion sickness for some reason. Like I always get motion sickness. I always have to take Dramamine, and I just yeah. didn't. So I didn't know if like maybe because there's not enough visual stimulation like to really confuse my brain, um, or if I just didn't play for long enough. But like yeah, I was playing this game. I didn't get queasy or anything, and uh, it was it was fun. Uh, it is a horror game. Um, I don't really get scared from horror games, so I don't want to speak on if it was scary or not. But um, uh, it was it's definitely one to look out for. I believe it's coming out this year. Uh, I played uh, Frog Fractions two. Do you guys know about Frog Fractions two or Frog it, Fractions well, one? Yeah, I know about it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like an Austin kind of game. Like the whole the whole premise behind it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, section- it's one of the things that like. I know all about it, but it's yeah. just not something like I want to actually interact with. I just love that it lives. 
Yeah, okay, yeah, I feel that. Um, the section of the game I played, you were shaving Obama's face before a debate, and mm -hmm. uh, it was just. <laughs> I'm on board. <laughs> yeah. Now you're speaking my it language. It was super weird. It was super weird, and I know the whole game's not like that either. It's all that. It's all as random as that sentence just throughout the game. Um, it was cool. The developers seemed real nice. Um, and then uh, uh, I played one more thing at Indicade. Uh, I played two more things at Indicade, and I don't, I don't want to be mean to anything, so I don't mm -hmm. want to say too much about these. Uh, I'm just gonna say they need work. Uh, okay. One of them was, uh, and I feel so bad about this one. I almost feel like I shouldn't even mention this. No, I'll mention it because like these guys, like give these guys some press. It was called the Big Journey, and it was by like mm -hmm. some South American team. I'm not quite sure. It's a really small team of like three people, and like it's what they were trying to do is really ambitious for the size team they have. It's like a 3D story adventure game, and mm -hmm. like they've been working on it for years, and like they couldn't even give me a release date. They were like, it will take us like like five more years to finish this and like it's just like it's in a rough state wow. and the e3 was not the best place to play it just because it was like story driven they didn't have headphones and like i couldn't hear mm -hmm. what was going on um you, but i mean uh, do I you could, remember the name of the company i don't um i have their business card around here somewhere um okay. well see if you can send that to me and i'll put it in the um description okay cool but like i mean for anyone listening, like, the big journey is in a rough state, but, like, there is love being put into this game. Uh, mm -hmm. These guys really care about the, the story they're making. It has to do with, like, their culture. Like, it's a story about, like, their folklore and, like, the, the things of their, of their people and stuff. And yeah. so it's, it's a really cool game. If they can pull it together, it'd be, like, a really, like, a really sweet, like, indie type thing. But it's, it's got a long ways to go. The models look rough. The animations are rough. There was mm -hmm. bugs, like... It's got it's got it's got some time in the oven. Uh, the next one was Indie Assault, which is coming out pretty soon, and it's the Smash Brothers s game, but they've like licensed out uh, characters from other indie games. Mm -hmm. um, it's uh, well, there are so many Smash Brothers s games out there right now, and it's uh, this one is very unpolished, I think. Um, if you are in for like the care, I didn't recognize any of the characters. But if you're mm -hmm. in on the characters they're using, then like that's what's gonna sell this game. But uh, they have a few months left to polish it off, and like it needs a lot of work. A lot of the animations don't read. Uh, everything's really floaty. Um, like a lot of things don't feel like they have any weight to them. It's kind of a little. It's a little. Everyone's bit Kirby. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah. So it's um, uh, your your moves just aren't aren't very like defined. Like they're mm -hmm. just like it looks like it's in beta form, um, uh, sorry well, alpha form. Be... It looks like it's look like it looks like it's in alpha, and I feel like it's supposed to be in beta. Um, yeah, they might be getting ready to do like an early access or something, which is usually yeah. beta stage, but sometimes yeah. it's earlier. Yeah, I hope so. Um, it's coming out on PlayStation Four, um, mm -hmm. so usually that doesn't imply there's going to be an early access stage, but I mean we'll see. Again, like I mean, I actually yeah. knew one of the animators. I went to school with him. Um, and stuff, and, like, they're a small team, and, like, you know, they're working hard on it, but, like, there's so many Smash brothers S games that it's gonna take, it's gonna take some doing yeah. to, like, make this stand out. Um, so, uh, again, I don't want to be mean to anything, but I'm also, I just want to be honest with stuff, too. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, you know, looking at it from their point of view, you know, you not just bashing the title, I think is... 
you know, you're going, you're not going out of your way to bash the title and possibly giving them yeah. some construct, yeah. some feedback, something, you know, some constructive yeah. criticism is a good thing if they. Something I need to get better at is giving people criticism to their face. Like, uh, a lot of these people, I could have given them advice, like, after I played the game, but I didn't want to be, like, that pretentious asshole who just comes up and then just, like, tells them everything they did wrong. And but like, You're that's like, what... oh, wow, this is the best game I've ever played to every person you see. I, I never said that, but... Well, you just kind of load it up. You load it up. You, you compliment... It, it's uh-huh. called a compliment okay. sandwich. <laughs> hit, them with, hit them with something good. Tell them where they're terrible. And then hit them yeah. with something good again. I, I, yeah, next E three uh, indie guys will be better at giving you guys advice. Like um, I told them their animations needed improving. I told them their animations don't read very well, and like it's kind of hard to tell like what moves I'm doing. Uh, I could have gone way farther down the rabbit hole of stuff, but uh, you know, I, I at least gave them that. Um, so yeah, I just gotta get better at uh, the art. The art of like uh, criticizing without insulting. Um, so. Uh, then, uh, I think it's all good vibes from here on out, though. Um, I played, uh, well, one, one more kind of downer. Uh, I played, mm-hmm. I was really excited to play Dissidia NT. The line was only an hour, so I played that. Um, I'm still in on this game just because of, like, like I was saying before, like, whenever there's, like, an ensemble fighter, like, the draw is, like, how much do you like these characters? Like, I happen mm-hmm. to just really fucking love Final Fantasy. Yeah. So, like, I'm buying Dissidia NT no matter what. But, uh... Yeah, um, I didn't really like the... I played the original on the PSP, never really liked it, just because, like, I don't know, like, everything just... It never felt like I had control over what I was doing. Like, maybe I just never got good, but, like, it felt like the, the bar to get good was just, like, not there. Like, it, everything just feels clumsy. I agree, it just... Yeah, it, it felt really like you were just mm-hmm. stumbling into yeah. what you were doing. You weren't really, like, you yeah, didn't it have doesn't, that and, like, it's not abundantly clear how to do combos. You just kind of do one attack, and they all feel like... Uh, like separated from each other. I don't even see how one would chain into the other. Um, the city NT feels exactly like that. They fixed. They changed nothing as far as I can tell. Uh, except now they're like three on three fights. Uh, I got destroyed, and I don't know if that's because I didn't know what I was doing or the people I was playing with really knew what they were doing. But um, I, I the match was short. I got destroyed. I didn't really even understand how to play before I like it was over. So like. I want to shock a little bit up to it to me just like not like knowing how to play this game. But um, yeah, um, I, I was just going to say though, like it feels very much like the other Dissidia games. If you didn't like the other Dissidia games, NT's probably not going to change your mind. Uh, but this one's going to have a huge character yeah. roster. I got to play as Vaughn from Final Fantasy XII. Um, so it was cool. Uh, yeah, then I oh, think yeah. all good vibes from here on out. Um, I played uh, Knack 2 Redemption. Knack <laughs> 2 The Redemption. Um... Knack 2 Origins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, Knack 2 sweet. I like Knack 1. It just, like, had an abundant amount of problems. Like, it was just, like, it was good, but they never, like... No, it wasn't good. It was... There was great <laughs> concepts that they never, like, capitalized on. Like, it was, yeah. like, the platforming's okay, but they never pushed yeah. it. Like, the combat was super rudimentary. They never really did much with it. This one, like, they're fixing that. Like, so the platforming is, like, a little bit more, like... It's a little bit more intricate now combat is super good like the combat they have like combos and stuff if you're playing with co-op mm-hmm. there's a lot of co-op moves i will say though i think co-op takes away from the platforming because there's like almost no consequence to fucking up if you're in co-op because you can just as long as one of you makes a jump you can just teleport to your partner so mm-hmm. i think uh co-op makes the combat better but it makes platforming worse 
but the combat's still good if you play single player. I just don't think the platforming is good anymore. So hmm. I would recommend playing this game single player first time through, then co-op like your second round through. Um, but yeah, there's like you can like shrink back to your original size now, and then like shrink back up like and then like accumulate all your pieces again. And so um, sometimes you'll be big, and there's like a path that you can take if you're small that you might miss. So like. It's like good to like keep be aware of your environment and stuff, because uh, those mm. small paths might lead to secrets and like upgrades and stuff. So I'm in on Knack too. Um, okay. I got to play Matterfall. Matterfall is my game of the show, not because it was definitively the best game on the show floor. That's probably Mario Odyssey, but it's the best game that I got to play. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Matterfall's dope. It's by the people who made Resogun and uh stardust hd and dead nation and also next machina which also just came out but for some reason wasn't playable on the show floor um okay that's kind of weird yeah uh (laughs) um but matterfall is a side scroller but it's still a twin stick shooter uh so but like everything is done in the triggers uh so like r1 jumps l1 dashes uh, R2, and then holding down the triggers changes the kind of beam that you have. So if you, you move with the left analog stick and you shoot with the right analog stick. And so uh, if you're shooting um, and then you hold down one of the triggers, uh, it switches to a matter beam. And that like enables uh, you to like form uh, like the platforms in the air. Like it, it's, it's specific. You can't form a platform anywhere, but there are platforms that you can like form. And then you have to dash your way through them to kind of like break through. And then when you land, it's solid. And then if you hold mm-hmm. down the other one, you fire grenades. And so it's switching between your three ammo types, normal matter beam and grenades, and also just like precision platforming and stuff. It feels super good. And I can tell, like, there's a cool difficulty curve because I, I was having fun with it, but it was kind of bad. But I could tell, like, once I would get better, like, it would become exponentially more fun. Like, it was still fun, but, like, the possibilities of what I could be doing if I was good at the game, like, are immediately apparent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Matterfall, coming out in, like, August. Nice. Like, for sure, check that one out. Like, I think that's... If you like, like, 2D action side-scrolling games like that, like, it's for, definitely for you... It's not a Metroid-esque game. Like, they are linear levels, but, like, that seems fine for just how, like, kinetic and chaotic, like, the action is. Uh, Like, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want this game to be free-roaming. That would just be too much. Um, So, uh, this is next to you, Matterfall, CNT. Um, Then, uh, oh, uh, there was this thing called Dome 360. This is just for, like, super rich people. Um, mm-hmm. like it's literally a giant dome that you set up and like, so here's the thing. Here's all three things you need to like have a dome 360 set up. You need enough room in your giant fucking house to have a doom, <laughs> a dome 360 set up. It's like the size of a room. It's massive. Secondly, you need to have three, um, a 360 camera that you can just record your like extravagant trips to like New Zealand with, uh, Jesus. And then, like, yeah, and then you just, like, the budget to buy a Dome 360, which I don't even know how much they were. But, yeah, you go in, and then you can just watch your 360 videos in a giant dome. Um, And you can play, like, there's, like, a Vive application where you can, like, draw in 360 and stuff. It's pretty cool, Mm -hmm. but, um, like, yeah, uh, it's, you know, just, like, who has the money for that, man? (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, there was that. Um, Then there was... uh, um, then uh, Wolfenstein 2, which was the last thing I played, uh, 
but I'll talk about now. Uh, it's you were in a wheelchair the whole time, um, which was bold. Um, and it does show that like this game is like gonna have new things that the other one didn't. But I mean, if you take out mm -hmm. the wheelchair aspect, it was basically a level from the first game. Like, there's really not a whole lot other things like differentiate uh, Wolfenstein 2 from the sequel based on the demo I played. So I would say like if you are down with Wolfenstein: The New Order, you're down with the New Colossus. If you didn't mm -hmm. like the New Order, this one's not going to change your mind. Yeah. Okay, so. That was pretty much what I uh, w like. What I said after we after I watched the mm -hmm. press conference, I was like, "It doesn't look Nothing like a lot changed." changed. Uh, but that being yeah. said, it looks badass. Mm -hmm. It looks really cool. Okay. Um, and also, like Wolfenstein always had like this weird fog to me. Did you guys get that impression? Like for some reason, everything just looks cloudy in that game. Like, yeah, not muddy textures, but, like, the, there's a filter mm -hmm. over everything that makes everything either seem, like, washed out or cloudy. Uh, it seemed like there was, like, a really weird, um, like, maybe it was a draw distance thing. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's still here. Yeah, everything, sure. everything still looks like there's, like, a fog going on. Um, yeah, like an engine setting or something that was... It probably yeah. is just a filter, but, like... Yeah, like everything's, yeah. Yeah, it's just like it's washed out. Like I don't know. I hope you can kind of mess up that a little bit because that always bothered me in the first one. Um, You'll have to get it on PC. Yeah. Uh, then um, I played on PC actually, uh, but they gave me okay. a, a Xbox One controller. But obviously, I wasn't allowed to change settings or anything. Um, then let's see if I played anything else oh yeah and then I played uh, one PlayStation VR title I got to play uh, the inpatient Ooh, uh, by supermassive yeah That's awesome. yeah yeah do you guys like that. until dawn hell yeah very cool this is set in the until dawn universe yeah um, remember when you yeah. were uh, Johnny McJockface I don't remember his name uh, um, I ended up liking him by yeah yeah, yeah. I ended up liking him by the end, what was but uh, he's the one. I yep. Mike. Mike, maybe you like lost a finger or lost a hand, depending on like if you fucked up of him or something. And uh, uh -huh. I can't. Yeah, I think yeah. he lost a finger of him, and he he like, was exploring a, an abandoned sanatorium. <laughs> yeah, remember at some point. Yeah, you, this game the takes place black... in that sanatorium in yeah. the fifties when it was going. It's like Black yeah. Woods or something like that. I... Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I believe I, I threw up an mm -hmm. article on uh, our Facebook about them merging the universe. Well, not merging yeah, the universe, but expanding yes. the universe into this That's into awesome. this title, yes. yeah. which is awesome. Yep. I because, love that. Uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people I know, and you know, a lot of people on that read some of our stuff seem to be pretty mm -hmm. interested in cool. not just horror titles and story driven titles, cool. but until dawn specifically. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So um, I yeah, I'm I'm super in with it, and like this this was a cool demo. Uh, it was, it wasn't, it was long, but it wasn't too long. Uh, it really, like, it got you in the vibe, in, like, in the vibe of, of this world. It is by far the best looking VR game I've ever played, like, I've ever seen. Hmm. And I've used Oculus, Vive, and, uh, PSVR. Granted, I haven't played, like, the top tier things on any of those, well, I've top tier things, on, on Oculus and Vive, like, I'm sure I haven't, I'm sure there are better games out there than what I have played mm -hmm. but out of what I have played and I don't know this is running on PS4 Pro I don't know if that had anything to do with it but just like the detail in the models was crazy like it looks like that trailer where like it wow. like you play Resident Evil 7 it does not look as good as right. Resident Evil 7 out like trailers yeah like there, there is a performance hit this game it looks exactly like what you saw in that press conference 
Um, it awesome. looks good. And so uh, you start off and you're like, you're strapped to this chair. And the doctor comes up and he's just like, um, he's like uh, asking you questions about like trying to make you remember and like giving mm -hmm. you inje injections and things. And you can choose to either be like down with it or like really hesitant. And I kind of like change my mind back and forth a little bit just so I can see like how he reacts differently. Yeah. Um, Dude always stays calm, always menacing. Like, he does definitely have a separate reaction from when you're about it to when you're not. Mm -hmm. But, like, dude is creepy. He's a very Hugo Strange-looking dude. And, okay. um, like, the first time you remember something, right. uh, you're in a closet, and you're looking around the closet and stuff, and this guy is, like, looking for you. And then he opens the door, and he shines a light, but the dude has no face. Mm -hmm. And so you you come back into it, and he's like, okay, now what do you remember? And you can say, why didn't he have a face or you, can, or you can say, I think there was a calendar there. And I didn't notice there was a calendar. And so I chose, um, uh, why does the dude right. have no face? And he's like, that's ridiculous. People have faces. And so he's like, let's try and remember again. And so it goes back again. <laughs> but you have... <laughs> Sorry, that's great. Of course. Like, people have faces. Uh, What's wrong with you? Faces. It's just, uh, and, shut up. And like you're going to... And like you're gonna look at the calendar, the dude doesn't have a fucking face. <laughs> yeah. Like there's an obvious draw yeah, here. That's for the so... second or third time you play through. <laughs> you want to be a dick about it. Yeah. Well, it sends you back to that same scenario again. And this time, I looked for the calendar and I made note of the date. It never really brought it up again. But I'm wondering if that's gonna be like a puzzle mechanic. To yeah, this. I bet it's that'll like... be in the, the full yeah. release. That would be. That's awesome. Yeah. That it's like they're giving um, you maybe... this crazy shit, and then it's like, oh, but keep aware of what's going on, or you're like done. So yeah. And That's maybe cool. like there's if you pay really close attention to your environment, I'm hoping that like that opens up some dialogue choices that you might not necessarily have that affects how the game like progresses and changes. Um, mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So I never. So you played this on? Uh, you say PSVR? Yeah, with a PlayStation Four Pro. Yep, it's only PSVR. It's a. It's only PSVR. Super massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First party studio. Yep. I, I didn't know if they had like a like a build that they were running off there. Off of the computer, or you know what the deal? No, was. yeah, That's no, awesome. it was running on PS4 Pro, and it was uh, it was with a PSVR. I played with a DualShock controller. Uh, as far as I know, there's no motion controls, which is fine with me. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, expected to look, you know, as you know, as awesome as you're saying. There wasn't no like, oh, this was running on a PC, so it could be you know slightly downgrade in quality or something. like No, that. yeah, and no, it was running on actual when hardware. It comes out that that's yeah. good. Um, I mean, they're still running a I mean, small demo. Like, maybe like the full game won't be able to look that good, but I actually think they are going to hit the quality. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, there hasn't been a ton to get, and I don't know about you guys. Mm -hmm. it, like, I don't believe Filtercord has uh, any uh, any sort of VR. I know no. I don't. I'm not sure about you, Drake, but mm -hmm. there just hasn't been something that's you know called out mm -hmm. to me Res yet. Resident Evil Seven is the VR is the only way to play that game. Um, <laughs> that is it. It's a religious experience playing that game in VR. Uh, like Resident you, Evil Seven. Yes, you can play without it. I would strongly recommend not doing that. Like play that game in VR. Yeah. Uh, it's. I platinumed it without it. Oh. <laughs> it's super crazy, yeah. man. Like it really gets you in that space. And like I like I said, like I don't really get scared from horror games. I'm playing the Evil Fin right now, and like right. it's the Evil Fin is goofy. I think like I'm not yeah. like nothing in that game is scary, but. Resident Evil 7, there was a few sections in there because I, I was living it, man, and I was just like it was, yeah. I'll tell you the scariest part of that game for me, actually, was when I was walking through um, to get to the, the little kid's room and I was going through like, oh, yeah. nothing even happened well, yeah. I, I don't want to say that because it's like spoilers but like, 
that's not the craziest part of that game combat wise but it was the scariest part just because of like how much they set the mood with like that vr headset um yeah like that was to me like the thing like i have to have a psvr to play this um and so like i just want more things like that and this kind of seems like it will be like this um it got creepy so like then you walked around your room a little bit and again, like I didn't get motion sickness, so I don't know if it was just something of the game where I wasn't playing long enough to get motion sickness. Mm -hmm. But uh, controls felt a little wonky. Uh, turning felt a little weird in that. I hope they like iron that out. Like okay. Resident Evil Seven just controls perfectly. Um, this one, like it felt like a little strange to like turn my body um, and uh, and stuff. Like I kept wanting to use the analog stick to turn. But, like, that didn't pivot me very much. I had to, like, look in that direction and then, like, press forward and then, like, the character would turn. Just, like, make it regular first-person shooter controls. Like, it's fine. Like, the VR is literally should just be my head. It shouldn't be how I'm moving my body. Um, but, yeah, I explored my room a little bit. Um, there's, like, items you can pick up that trigger flashbacks. And then, like, the orderly is, like, moving you down a hallway. And then, um, like, sh like, stuff starts falling apart and, like, monsters start appearing on the like shadows of monsters start appearing on the wall and then like you fall through the floor and like that's where the demo ends wow. so uh definitely gonna be like some weird psychological oh. stuff like you play a crazy person mm -hmm. so um I th i'm really yeah. into that yeah yeah um, that, it i mean that, that one definitely caught my eye well while it was while we were going through all of the stuff for e3 yeah. um and um, I, I don't know that that could be that could be the nail in the coffin for me to uh yeah man i hope so me to pick up that psvr because the cool thing is like there's so there's not a whole lot of killer apps for the psvr mm. like the things that you would buy the psvr for but once you already have one there's actually a lot of stuff that you should get like there's a, a lot of this like i would never say buy a psvr for this but if you have one definitely pick this up okay. like here right. uh the game here they lie is really dope it's like um, a like I don't know if you've heard about it. It's a it's an indie game that came out. I think it might have been actually published by Sony. I'm not sure. I think it was an indie game published by Sony for PSVR. It's like a weird art house film. Like I thought mm. it was a horror game, and like the <laughs> first act is, and then after that, it's just like this weird art house thing where people are wearing animal masks, and it's like making like commentary on society and sexuality and stuff. Here they lie. Here they lie. It's trippy but it's so good like it's so interesting um uh and like but i would never tell anyone buy a psvr for here they lie but if you have one absolutely pick that up um there's a lot of games like that where it's like there there are cool apps for it um but you know not very many system sellers um so so that was all i got to play with psvr sony does it real well like you make appointments to do their stuff on their app but you that means you can also only do a few things a day because you can only make so many appointments Mm -hmm. um, but that's how, like, I was able to do, like, a few things at Sony's booth was Knack and Matterfall, like, there was just not really a line for, so I got to play those. Yeah. But the PSVR, like, you just make an appointment, it's super simple. And then I made an appointment to watch the Spider-Man theater demo and a Days Gone theater demo. Uh, these are largely the same demo that you saw in the press conference, so I don't want to spend too much time mm -hmm. on it, but I'll just tell you, like, what they showed that was different. Uh, Spider-Man, uh, exact same thing, except, like, uh, the demo they showed in the press conference kind of may have looked very like Arkham-y. In uh, the theater demo, uh, it felt a lot less like Arkham games. It felt a lot more organic. Like he was jumping off the buildings and then like web slinging around and like going up to like different floors and crashing through them to like and like just changing up the the the, the combat mechanics 
and just by like literally just by using the web to like reposition himself on this building um it also doesn't seem like you need to be sneaky at all you can just do combat if you want so you don't have to play it like the arkham games from what i could tell yeah um besides that it was largely the same uh then uh days gone uh mm-hmm. looks super good to me um I'm probably most excited for Days Gone coming out of the show because what they showed in the theater demo was the same level, like the same scenario, but played completely differently. So this time it was daytime and it was snowing. And the uh, the Freakers and the uh, just regular like bandit NPCs and stuff, uh, they react different based on the weather and based on the time of day. They have different habits and stuff. Uh, Freakers are mostly asleep during the day, actually. And they come out at night. And they're more, like, ferocious at night. And then uh, the people... And, like, I don't remember how the weather affected it, but the fact that it was snowing also affects their behavior and stuff. Um, But, like, these things are, like... they They have a living ecosystem. So they... They are creatures that need to survive. So they congregate around, like, lakes and watering holes. Because they're not, like, zombies. They don't feed on brains or whatever. They actually feed on, like... They're just animals. So, like, they have to go to the water to drink. They have to hunt for food and stuff. So, like, they congregate around, like, packs of animals and water and stuff. And they're also, like, you know, humans are also just food to them. So, like, they um, they can go around. They, they also attack bandit camps and stuff like that, too. But they travel in herds. They have a cast, like, a caste system. Like, they have, like, not an organized society, oh, but they cool. have a hierarchy to the way they, they work. They're not just all yeah, kind of mindless. They follow a like leader. Like how... Uh... Yeah, like kind of how like um, wolves pack up. Yes, yes, very similar to the way wolves That's work, awesome. actually. Um, and so uh, this time, like, since you know that the tripwire is coming, he went around uh, and like, went to the back of them, and then like took them out from behind, uh, and then just like cut down the tripwire instead of like getting hit by it. Then he uh, he went through, and he still set up the bear trap. But um, he waited this time, and if you wait long enough, like, the, um, the guy, he has his foot in the bear trap, and he's, like, freaking out, and he's, like, help me get out, and they're, like, stop screaming, you're going to attract them. And he's, like, what do you mean stop screaming, my foot's in the bear trap, and one of them just shoots him. They just kill him, because he's making too much noise. Oh, and, like, that's the gunshot that you heard in the E3 demo that tracks oh, wow. out of Florida Freakers, was that gunshot. So, um, like, other things besides just you can affect the world, and, like draw packs of stuff like these npcs did this all on their own like yes you set the bear trap but like they have their own interactions and stuff despite you and like you don't even have to be there like he had moved on and like what they're gonna do is still gonna happen um and so then he like took them out like stealthily like from behind like while they were distracted of arguing about whether or not they should have shot the guy uh you can take them out and move on and then he got into like a full like uh, instead of in the at the actual base of that tree fort thing, uh, instead of attracting the freakers to kill them off, he actually just got into a gunfight so he could show off like the third person gun gun mechanics. Um, it looks good. It all looks fine. Um, it looks like how you expect a kind of looks like Uncharted, like how you expect the third person shooter to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really right. see him take cover too much, so I'm hoping it doesn't rely too much on cover. I hope yeah. it's like more organic than that. Uh, oh, and then one other thing, like as he was waking his way there. Uh, there was a freaker chained to a tree, and a guy was like taunting it. And so you shoot the the, uh, the chain off the tree, and then the freaker just attacks the guy. That's cool. um, <laughs> and stuff. So and then you could sneak up and behind and like you know kill the freaker. Um, 
And then the demo ended in the same place. We still didn't get to see the uh, the bear fight. But uh, yeah, Days Gone looks super cool. Like they have some really ambitious ideas for this game. Mm-hmm. Um, game looked good too. The game looks done. Like obviously, uh, they yeah. probably have way more to do because we don't even have a release date for this. But like the game looks polished. Like from what they showed, like it looks it looks ready to go. Same thing with Spider Man. Like both of those games like look ready to go. Um, so I don't uh, I don't I don't have any doubts about their quality. Interesting. So. Yeah, they might just be giving themselves that extra bit of time to yeah, I mean, let you it know, test bugs, yeah. all that yeah. fun stuff, you know, yeah. that you do at the end of your production cycle. Let it cook. Yeah, um, I I don't know if it fits into this podcast, but one day I just like I'd like to have a discussion about like the art of releasing a game. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, some of that's a little bit out of your control. Mm-hmm. Like, the game is ready when it's ready, but like I, they do kind of try and schedule these to like make sure that their games don't all come out too close to each other like they need to make sure that like each year has its game mm-hmm. and even like the, the seasons and quarters of in that year are like equally weighted out like this year like sony's biggest game was probably horizon that came out in march you know and like for fall yeah. it's like probably i think like gt sport and like they're relying a lot on like their uh their third party partners like you know to them destiny 2 battlefront 2 and uh, Call of Duty are like Sony games in Sony's eyes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, so like just staggering the way that they release things. And then again, God of War is going to probably come out in March. Um, Shadow of the Colossus is probably coming out in spring, like probably like June or something. And then uh, you know, Spider Man's probably is I think going to be next year too. Like when's that going to come out? It's just like kind of like how they order their releases is really interesting. Um, and the fact that they don't like super care about having a huge game in fall anymore, uh, like their big fall game this year is probably going to be GT Sport, which you know GT doesn't have the same like power that it did back in the day. So like, yeah, like their no big doubt. game was Horizon, and they were fine with that being a spring game. And I think that's interesting because I think a lot of developers are still afraid to release big things outside of the fall, um, and that just ends up fucking yeah. them because like the fall is so crowded. So, yeah. I don't know, what do you guys think about that? Um, yeah, you know, I, I think... Uh, I mean, there's there was a couple games that came out this year, I think, that kind of proved that your release window doesn't really matter if you have a really good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, specifically, you know, Horizon, I think, was a good example of that. Um, you know, Persona mm-hmm. earlier in the year. Um, yep. Legend of Zelda, Prey. the Switch. Yeah. Uh, Prey. Yeah. yeah, Prey just kind of dropped in, like, what, like mid, early mid-May to... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a ton of attention, so maybe you know that was kind of a weak point. But we've kind of talked before about how Bethesda is not super good at marketing their you know upcoming games. Yeah. Other than their yeah. you know their E three presence is usually really good. But um, yeah, that's yeah. That's also a good point though. I completely forgot that. Yeah, Switch just came out in March. Like consoles yeah. do not come out in the March. They come out in like the fall. Like well, in Nintendo. By fall, they'll they actually were... have a few units to sell. Yeah. <laughs> so and, yeah, like when. I mean, I picked mine up and I stopped at a mom and pop shop to see if they were going to be doing pre-orders. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got to the store that I was, you know, pre-ordering my system at, I think I got like one of the last five wow. that they had in their allotment. And I did that at 10 a.m. It was op- I got there at 10 a.m. It was open for maybe an hour yeah. uh, after the announcement that happened the night before. I think after said store had closed. That's crazy. Damn. Um, yeah, so, but I, I'm all for it. Like when they they're like, you know, we're going to be doing an earlier in the year release for the for the system, and you know, 
this is what's coming with it. Sure, it wasn't a lot, but I was like, I want to support that. Like, let's get mm-hmm. out of the fall. Let's prove yeah. that making, you know, a, a game or even releasing a system outside of that that window is is okay. Yeah. You're going to make money on it. Do you, yeah. Do you fine. remember? Um, then you can then you can get that money later from you know the moms coming into you know whatever store. Oh, my kid wants this right. game. I mean, that's mm-hmm. I'm, for me. That's why like after you know working at GameStop and. Uh, you know, realizing, I mean, that's why they do it is because they also yeah. get the, they get more random sale mm-hmm. in yeah. the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember when um, the Wii U came out? No, man. Yeah. Wait. Like, yep. was it what a weird part it? of the year too? Or did it come out in the fall? Oh, uh, I, I mean, I don't remember exactly when it came out. I was speaking more of the midnight release. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it. theirs was uh, weird too, because Nintendo also likes to create that, um, I don't think it was a weird, um, and I, I no that was that was standard. That was uh, it was launched uh, in November. Because okay. uh, like Nintendo likes to manufacture these like shortages, which is like mm-hmm. I mean I, I oh like how they fake their shortages or whatever like they they don't fake well, it's it. Real, it's real, but like, we yeah, only... they could fix it if they they do it themselves. Right. They just are like, well, let's see how this does. And I think it's just because they're a very right. conservative company. In uh, you know their business practices, um, yeah, and especially like don't want to make more than you, yeah, which they did with you know, the Wii U, the Wii yeah. U, yeah. So they kind of got in trouble there. So, made sense. So um, yeah, I, I I definitely agree. Like, um, you know, for me, like a game's release date, uh, essentially, like doesn't even it's not even an issue to me. I don't even think about it. Yeah. Um, you right. Know, it's I understand the like. You have to market to moms, basically. You have to market so that, you know, mom or dad can stop in at the store after work and pick up a game to give to their kid on Christmas or whatever. And, you know, it really is, I think, the whole holiday scheme and, like, the, you know, beginning of the year so they can get your Christmas money. Um, that is kind of centered on kids. And it's like, you don't necessarily have to have every M-rated game come out on November 15th. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like yeah. most people can just go get. I, I think the majority of gamers can just go grab the game they want whenever. Well, we're yeah. kind of at a like like a delicate a delicate state when it comes to that because that it, it's marketed that way because it's always been marketed uh-huh. that way. Video games, I'm doing quotes right now, are for kids, mm-hmm. right? So when we were when we were younger, video games were for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't, there weren't adults usually sitting around playing, you know, whatever ridiculous, like they weren't playing Castlevania. Mm-hmm. They weren't playing, you know, Turtles in Time and stuff like that. Um, it was all marketed for kids, but that audience has now grown mm-hmm. up. And the industry really hasn't realized that. <clears throat> They're still marketing it, the whole thing for kids rather right. than marketing it for the adults who grew up playing it, which is their pretty much their audience in the first place, but they just, it's still in their mind. It's still just for kids. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, the more you spread it out, like this November, each Tuesday is like a huge (laughs) game. And then I'm sure there's going to be a few that come out on a weird day of their own, like Fridays or whatever. There there are like three coming out the same day, right? That are pretty big. Well, that, and then there's going to be some good movies coming out too. I think it's I think it's Super Mario Odyssey, mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. and one other thing. 
It's all coming out the exact same day. Yeah. Really? Oh my god! It's not South Park, is it? It's crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. Um, I mean, and I I thought they were throwing Far Cry into that tube, and then I heard that was coming out in February, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, thank Smart. you. Yeah, it's, oh, it's thank a you. Good move. It's definitely a good because, move. Yeah, um, I think you really fuck yourself by coming out on Call of Duty Day. Like, it doesn't really matter what your game is. It, you know, if you're yeah. if you're Battlefield, then you're really shooting yourself. But otherwise, it's like even um. Like, I think that November 10th is going to be the day for a lot of the, like, yearlies to come out. And that's also when Shadows of War is coming out. So it's like, oh yeah, I'm clearly just going to get Shut- that and, and fuck everything else. And Oh, really? And no, South Park's right Sh- around there. I think Shadow of War is going to get buried. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that game's going to mm-hmm. like, sell anything. It probably should be, well, you know, depending on how everything else does, it probably should be in talks for Game of the Year. And certainly the you first think? game was. And this one looks way better than the first game. Yeah, but I'm actually was... playing it again, and the the, the, contr- the controls. I think it's probably because I played Assassin's Creed Syndicate yeah. right before. <laughs> but the the controls just like it's not even like they're slightly annoying. They just piss me off for <laughs> shadows. Um, I'm like this. This is really annoying. Funny. But I'll get yeah, over it's, it. It's Austin... it's definitely got that Assassin's Creed vibe of like walk up the wall, and he like walks around the wall, and you're like go climb the wall, <laughs> but the button he like sits down different. and he like crouches next to the wall and you're like jump jump up the wall and you like teleport to the other side yeah. of the map and you're like what how'd i get here um i i uh no man like i i, I gotta disagree with you on that one Austin. though like the shadow of war or shadow of mordor was in talks for game of the year it in was a bad good year. but it was also yeah it also came out in a bad year this is like yeah. the best year we've ever had ever like i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell you the game of the year contenders right now uh what's your three there's um there's uh there's zelda yeah um persona 5 um i want horizon to be in that but i mean we'll see not because because horizon i think it will be but it'll be nominated nominated i'm saying like yeah yeah. it'll be like uh zelda persona 5 horizon resident Evil 7 uh, and like, uh, if you're going by the Keeley Awards, like the Last Guardian, because that was technically like fell out of the awards for last year, so it's in the running for this year. That's like true. those are your, those are your Game of the Year nomine- nominees right now. I don't know. I think uh, um, I think Persona's a little too niche, and this was the biggest Persona game. But Japanese yeah. games tend to not really get a lot of love outside of Keeley, anyways. Um, yeah, and uh, maybe Kotaku will appreciate the Japanese games. But, but he, but he is saying just right now. Like just where we're at oh, currently, yeah. without, without even considering you know, coming else. into yeah, and nothing then, in October. <laughs> then by you know yeah, by the time October like the year ends, we're gonna also have had Nino Kuni. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have Mario mm-hmm. Odyssey. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have had possibly Xeno Gears two, but I don't believe that one. That's getting pushed to twenty eighteen. Count on it. Yeah. Um, we're yeah. gonna be the Evil Within two. I think Wolfenstein two is gonna be very good. I don't think it's gonna be Game of the Year contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be in the same running as Horizon. It's gonna be nominated, but no one's really gonna look at it except like some smaller publications that yeah. are like, "Oh, this game was great, and we want to be different." Us. Yeah, and then up against all of that, I just I don't even think I don't even think Shadow Mordor is gonna get nominated, or Shadow Wars is gonna get nominated for anything. Maybe well, action adventure of the year. It's, uh, yeah, maybe it'll get. It might actually even get lumped in with some of the open world stuff because they are opening it more. It's still not like a you know quote unquote open world game or whatever. Oh well, I actually mm-hmm. I thought Shadow of I haven't played Shadow of Mordor. I thought it was open world. Well, I mean it's zonal. It's it's like some oh, yeah medium well, to large. There's two like kind of wide zones, and it's I mean yeah. the first game oh, really was okay. like, um, and I kind of think this about a lot of stuff that people would say that it's not true. So. 
take that with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But I really <laughs> think the first one was like sort of a tech demo. Um, the okay. first game existed first to set up the Nemesis system. The zones okay. were yeah. very bland. There wasn't a lot going on. Um, okay. You know, they the system it, wasn't very and deep. Things, it was just like... And things ended up like clumped together, yeah. you know? Like, if there was, if there was like, a, let's say there was, like, a war chief or something, all of his minions were usually around him. If you ran into him without killing one of his war chiefs, that war chief was always going to be around. Yeah. And, um... And so, so you could kill literally everyone in one spot. You didn't have to go to, like, five different spots, which I think is what the game wanted you to right. do. But... You could just literally go find the war chief, kill all of his people in that one area, and then kill him, mm-hmm. and then just be done with it. Yeah, and you could actually, Which like, there were several times where you could just start, like, an insano fight that lasts for, like, 45 mm-hmm. minutes of that kind of, you know, a mix of, like, early Assassin's Creed and uh, Arkham-style combat where there's a lot of countering. There's a lot of, like, unleashing mm-hmm. a combo kill or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And, right. like the chiefs or like the captains or whatever were just naturally attracted to fights going on. So like every dude in the whole game would just slowly like funnel towards you as long as you could keep the fight <laughs> going and you could just wipe out an entire region's army. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, the second yeah. game, I mean, as far as like, you know, story goes, I mean, they're just getting totally insane with it, which I'm cool with. <laughs> um, they're kind of doing like the game of Thrones method of like, okay, we're not the books and we can't do the same story as the books, So we're just going to totally do our own thing. I, okay. just, I love that. I'm, I mean, I'm super in on the yeah. game. I don't mean to slight the game. I think the game's been great. My my larger point is, I think a lot of really good games are going to get slighted by the like. They're not. They're not slighted, but like they're not going to get their respect because there just happened to be like a couple like amazing yeah. games that came out this year, which yeah, I sucks. Agree with you like that. Horizon deserves to be game of the year, just in a different year. Like it's just it sucks that like a lot of really good games just happen to come out the same year as like these games are just like ten out of tens, you know what I mean? And again, like you're saying, they're yeah, all coming out like within a month of each other. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's the standard now, though, isn't yeah. it? Like that's the way that we're going. Yeah. Like every year, we're gonna have those. Like it used to be, you get like all of these games that are really good, and then you get a colossal hit, and it's a definite. You know, we know this is game of the year. Mm-hmm. You know this is game of the year, um, like you know a long you know a long time ago, and we're, we've slowly been transitioning into okay, this game's game of the year. Like when I played Resident Evil, I was like, this is my game of the year, and it still is my game of the year so far. Oh, oh whoa! Okay. But moving forward, there's going to be like 16 more games yeah. of the years. Yeah, you know? like so it, considering um, it's not going to stay. South Park's coming yeah. out, and that's obviously going to take a probably a win for me. So I, I'm already a wash for this yeah. year. Yeah. Don't even ask me what my game of the year is because it's already yeah. probably made up. I mean, games are just so good right now. And, I mean, I don't expect any of these yeah. to win game of the years. But, like, a lot of, like, darlings for me came out this year. Like, Gravity Rush 2, Yakuza 0, mm-hmm. and Nier Automata. Like, mm-hmm. those are just, like, yeah. they speak to me. Uh, and, like, those are all great games. It's, like, universally well-received. Uh, not going to get any kind of shine at game of the year. There's just there's too many other bigger, high-profile yeah. stuff that's just as good. So. And that's how Game of the Year, you know, should be. It shouldn't be what, you know, like, I, I mean, if you're doing a collective and you're wondering, you know, what does everyone think, you know, and you take a poll or something, uh, sure, that's going to be, like, what everyone thought. Mm-hmm. But you personally, when you're talking about your Game of the Year, like, I don't think it should be restricted by, like, okay, this game did the best. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, like, what you think 
game like like what you think that like game did the most for you Mm -hmm. you know and like right now resident evil did for me personally it did a ton for me i loved playing the pre-game stuff Mm -hmm. um you know getting the extra items and then experiencing it and then still even just talking to you like i want to play the game again i platinumed it i want to play the game again with vr when i get vr yeah absolutely do man It's, it's a trip um i also like aiming is a dream in vr Mm-hmm. Like aiming w- mm-hmm. works this like the best ever, uh, because like the reticle is wherever you're looking, and so it's yeah like that's not how a gun works, but like that's the way it makes the most sense for a VR right. first person with a DualShock Four to work, and yeah I can't imagine playing a first person shooter now without VR. I don't know how I'm gonna do it. It's be weird going back. That's cool. Interesting. That's probably the only yeah. way to get more precise than mouse. I mean, if you yeah. get practice in VR, it's like obviously not right yeah. away, but no. Um, Austin, what's your hype level on Assassin's Creed Origins? Uh, I'm glad you say that. Actually, it's it's that's <laughs> what was uh, that's what's going on in our our stream right now. I guess. Oh, okay. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm like, I've got to be cautious, even though I don't want to be, because like, I mean, Syndicate fixed so many issues. But it still had its mm-hmm. it still had problems from like hey mm-hmm. let's just ch- like pump these games out like put it in the machine and clone it and make another one you know <laughs> and um, yeah I mean when I got Unity I mean honestly I was able to play for I think I got like three hours in and then I just had like game destroying <laughs> bugs like it, there were times when there were certain areas where I just like fell through the ground forever. And it like it never yeah. loaded back in. Like I restarted my game, I played through again, and it happened earlier. Like, uh, it was like the only time I was ever able to like take back a game and be like, "Look, it's working. It's just what is working. <laughs> like the core game is defective. Like it's not yeah. playable." I, That's crazy. I really like in our. It was in one of our previous podcasts how we described Unity uh, and Syndicate and. It like it, it was very much a repair job. I think it, like we described it as uh, going from Unity to Syndicate was getting back to a you know the the start point. It wasn't yeah. reinventing the wheel, but it was putting the wheel back on the right. Cart. It was essentially <laughs> like okay, so like well, I, people disagree with me on this, but I wasn't a big fan of Assassin's Creed Three. Um, I just had some no a lot a lot of people share your opinion. I'm like the only one who yeah, loves that, Assassin's Creed Three. That one's a really mixed bag game like when it comes to gamers like it's it's, like some people liked it some people hated it and when you get past the first like hour hour and a half um the game i think gets significantly better but a lot of people that i know especially when you know working at gamestop through that release they hated the game and they never got past that that point they never got Mm -hmm. past playing as um dad what was his name yeah dad Hate them. That's what it is. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, it's one of the like Assassin's Creed is one of the few series that I'll beat the games that I don't like. <laughs> uh, yeah. Usually, like, I mean, I'm I uh, I can't really do it with like books or uh, like movies or TV very well. But like in games, if I'm just not into it, I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm not gonna put 20 hours into something that I don't like. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, I, like Assassin's Creed is one of the few series that I'll play through no matter what. Basically, um, that I did not play um, Rogue. So that was the uh, the final one for 360 and PS3 that came out the same year as Black Flag. Um, I'm never going to. But, you know, other than that, I've played all the core games and I've beaten all the core games and everything. And 
I think after, um, what was it, Revelations, the third Assassin's Creed 2 game. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. After that one, like, I just didn't enjoy any of them until Syndicate came out. And they... Whoa. Like, part of it... Well, I, I mean, that was only two games. But, like, ooh. Unity was just total trash. Uh, shouldn't even have been released. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Back, back up, back up. Whoa. You didn't like Assassin's Creed 4? Well, I mean, Black Flag was good. It, it was... Um, it was a tech demo for Skull and Bones. You know? <laughs> no, I, I, I mean that's that's I, probably I the know, one I put the most time into, to be I, honest. I think I have probably the unpopular opinion when it comes to Assassin's Creed. Uh, just going by you know me saying that it, sucks. Uh, to several people. Um, well, I really liked one, and I Whoa. played two going in, you know, really mm-hmm. hyped. And I dislike two, and it's Whoa. because I dislike the character. Yeah, that's interesting. Whoa. Exactly. Because most people couldn't most, even play one. Most people, most people I love hate one. Uh, Ezio. Yeah, yeah, I didn't I like one. It, it, it all comes. One's a bad. It all comes game. down to the character for me. One, I think, is the but, worst game in that franchise. It is so boring. It's <laughs> so repetitive. Like Altair <laughs> is not interesting. Like the combat's terrible. You like, played one I hate first, everything. right? Yeah, I, I played okay, them all yeah, in Just order, making right? sure, because there's a lot of people that played yeah. two and then went back and played one. I'm like, of course it's trash. Yeah, right. No, I was but, out yeah. I was out of the franchise, like out after one. <laughs> and then like it took a lot for me to be like, okay, I'll try two. And then like I was ba- I've been back in ever since. <laughs> yeah. I just I just love what one did. Like when it you know, when it came out, it was I mean, there wasn't a lot like it. Like it kind of, it kind of invented a lot of things that sure. other games, That's you know, took. Uh-huh. So, um, and, yeah. and that's why I liked it. And then going into two, I was like, this is exactly the same with a character that I like less. Oh, it was that's so funny. much improved like, though. Like, ah, uh, I really <laughs> like, I, I, I'm unusual in that. Like I, most games I play for the story and the characters and character development and conversations and choice and stuff. Assassin's Creed is not that for me. Um, I play, it's one of the only games I actually truly play as like a sandbox. Like I didn't like Whoa, Minecraft because really? there was nothing for me to do in it. <laughs> So, like, yeah, I don't really play games like that usually. So, um, Assassin's Creed is just in, like, a weird position for me. And, uh, like, uh, I'll, I'll agree that, um, I, like, I liked, I'll, um, not Altair, I, I liked, uh, Ezio? what's the second guy's name? Ezio. Yeah, yeah, Ezio. Ezio. I liked Ezio more than Altair, but, like, the whole series is kind of plagued with, like, weird storytelling issues. Um, I also really liked the like precursor thing, and they dropped it. Uh, Not, I mean, kind of, but like it's coming back now. Like the uh, it looks yeah, like I, it I, looks I like they're really going to dive into it now, and I'm all for that. Um, I mean, and also, well, I mean, just even in Syndicate, like it, yes, it was less emphasized, but I think the implications of that cloak that can supposedly bring people back from the dead is going to mm-hmm. be huge. I think they're bringing Desmond back to life, and oh, actually. God. Because I really like this story in Assassin's Creed. Like, it's not Oscar worthy. Like, it's not, it's not quote unquote good. Yeah, it's a but, very like, video it's game super story. Fun. Yeah, it's yeah. super fun. Like, I'm so into the lore of Assassin's Creed. And, like, so, like, my dream is that, like, whatever the final game in this franchise is, like, this is, like, it. This is the last Assassin's Creed game that we're taking a long hiatus, is um, using that cloak to bring back. Every assa- every main character from all the games you've played, and have like uh, an ensemble cast of all of them all interacting, like on one final mission to um, uh, to like stop the Templars, like in the future. Like this game takes place in like tw- uh, like 
uh, two three hundred. Like um, yeah, you control them all with your PSVR yeah. neural implant. <laughs> yeah, on your PlayStation uh, Eight. <laughs> You just lay down and go to sleep. I'll do that. I'll be the first one in line to do that. You dream games. Even if this generation, like this, they've always taken place in the past. This one takes place in the future and like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, in like the year 3000. And uh, they use the cloak and they bring back all the main characters. And like, it's kind of like a... An expanded GTA 5 where it's like, instead of switching between three characters, you switch between all these characters. Yeah, and like, they all have their own unique thing. And uh, they all like... They all um, interact with each other and stuff. It's like a cool send-off to like mm-hmm. finally see all these characters like talking to each other. Because it's a little depressing like playing a game and knowing, like, oh, the other one's dead. Like I didn't see him die, but I know yeah. for sure he's dead just because of the passage of time. Yeah, and um, like, I think uh, that was one of my main issues with 4, actually, is that it had like the hollowest character. Like He was literally just like, oh, yeah. uh, like kind of like douchebag, murders dude, and takes his job. And yeah, like, and yeah. He, he becomes I, I a pro assassin in like fifteen minutes. Yeah, I and, didn't uh, like a lot of things with the story of Assassin's Creed Four, but it like it did get into the precursor stuff, like the prophet or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. the guy who's constantly reborn. Mm-hmm. Like again, just like huge like implications that. on the rest of the franchise. Yeah, but uh, I, I so. actually do. I've been thinking this for a while. Like Ubisoft just needs to blend all of its games and just be like, these are all in the same universe. They're essentially all happening at the same time, and. Like, they need to do, like, a Hitman-style thing that's, like, you buy a $60 game, and it's, like, Ubisoft mm-hmm. 2017, and then you mm-hmm. pay $30 <laughs> for the add-on of each different game that you want in it. <laughs> so, like, you, can, you, like, add in your Assassin's Creed Origins, and then you add in your, you know, Watch Dogs 3, and you tack on your Crew 2, and you have, like, a, an avatar that carries over in all of them, and he's the main character. Because in all those games, the main character... Uh, essentially doesn't matter. Like, in I fact, don't know about in a lot that. of them, the main character is the weakest link. And they could um, just be like, you know, if you had your custom character, they could be kind of like the uh, Bioware, like easy way out of like, oh, you're the, you're like, unit 15, and we plug you into the Abstergo machine and look at your brain, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm on board with that. I mean, I personally hate character-created characters because that means you can't have a strong character. In my mind. Then you just make Desmond um, and you're good to go. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't also super make sense. Like, Origins takes place in a different, like, completely time period than, Prove it. you know, Far Cry 5. <laughs> it takes place in Egypt. Um, oh, yeah? You, oh, I mean, I think. guess, like, whoever you play as outside of the Animus, I suppose, would be that character. But, I mean, why right. would they Why would they, <laughs> Why would they? be doing that? Why would the same guy who's in the Animus in Assassin's Creed Origins also be the guy who's taking out, like, He just Red goes Max and walks in into a car and drives across the U.S. and then he hacks <laughs> Chicago. And, and he goes, he gets stranded on an like, island and starts shooting dinosaurs and shit. All of, all of their stuff is just through the Abstergo. Yeah, <laughs> machine. Oh, yeah, that, that'd be. I mean, I, I get it. I, I, I can see it going down, but I don't know how they work everything into beyond that. good Older and evil. Video games you know, but, or just video games. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, maybe. Maybe it's just a kid at home playing. You you play a kid. You're basic. We just made dot hack. Good job. Well, no, you play as. Uh, good job. I'd like to thank. You, you play uh, as the pinball wizard cord and. You're like. A, oh no! What was um, the TV show? Oh man, it's um. It's an entire TV series uh, where it turns out to all be like a kid's dream. You know what I'm talking about? Mm, no. 
there was there was drawn a blank. There was a like an old sitcom, and then it, it used to guest host from like a ton of other shows. God, I can't believe I lost this. But it's like a it's like a popular. Hey guys, this is FilterCord. Um, I basically had an issue with my recording. Uh, for some reason, my software stopped recording me. So, um, pretty much what I was talking about here was the um, Saint Elsewhere TV show and um, actually the Tommy Westfall theory. And if you look up the Tommy Westfall theory online, uh, basically you'll find that this this character uh, is like an autistic kid in the show. Um, at the end of the show, they revealed that the entire show is actually in his imagination. And because that show was attached to so many other shows and had so many guest stars and little clips of other TV shows playing inside the show itself and things like that, um, basically this kid created like 412 uh, TV shows that are all directly related somehow to this. Uh, that are, you know, you can find that all online and there's an up to date list. And it includes stuff like uh, Orange is the New Black is technically connected. Um, things like Breaking Bad and The Walking Dead and everything, so uh, it's kind of a funny thing and, uh, it, you know, sort of related to what we were talking about with Assassin's Creed, but basically I just wanted to mention this cool thing I knew about. So, uh, alright, I'll get back into the recording and uh, from here on out, the audio should all be good. Thanks. But, uh, and, and you really want you really want Ubisoft to go that way with everything Assassin's Creed? That'd be crazy. Um, uh, yeah, uh, there's also, I mean, there are also there are things you can extrapolate from Far Cry that points it to also being in the same universe. Uh, but I would love that. I would love an expanded Ubi-verse. What if it was all just... Uh, uh, just it, it was all, like, everything, even the, like, Animus and Abstergo, um, was all just uh, a game that the Rabbids are sitting down playing. Jesus God. <laughs> That'll be it. It all ties... It all ties back to them, and they, they do. They're in a lot of they're in a lot of their games. Like even like like playing steep, they have like snow monuments to the to rabbits. rabbits. Yeah, and then really? it turns oh, out shit. that rabbits are just the fever dream of Miyamoto <laughs> on his deathbed, and probably not long, but hopefully like 150 years. <laughs> For 200. Um, I mean, let's not... Well, yeah, let's be realistic. It's a Japanese dude we're talking about. If he goes to that village, um, he could easily live to be 312. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's crazy that Mario and Rabbids looks good, despite the fact that I hate Rabbids. Oh, my God. Did You, you should have seen... Exactly. Uh, when we, we watched uh, Ubisoft, it was the only one I was able to yeah. be involved in that we watched live. Yeah. And, um, you know, they opened with that, like, Rabbids Kingdom battle or whatever, yeah. and it's like... The whole time I'm like, oh, this is fucking stupid, and then they like play yeah. ten minutes of it, and I'm like, oh shit. And they play like, yeah. and it was, yeah, they get through it. And I'm like, oh fuck, I have to buy this game. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was every single person watching with us. Everyone's like, oh, that looks really stupid. Rabbit suck. Yep. And then it went on, and it went on, and one of our other friends, Ed, he was just like, shit, now I have to go buy a Switch uh-huh. for like with that game too. Uh-huh. Like I was buying a Switch for other reasons, but now I have to buy that game. Along with the switch, yeah, it's crazy. Um, uh, I wonder if it's going to end up being dumb still, though. I wonder, like, the it gameplay will. if the if the gameplay is enough to save like all the terrible humor that's going to be in that game. I mean, it looks like you can set up your team to you know play however you want. All so. Luigi's, <laughs> all Luigi's, one uh, code, uh, yeah, but all yeah, Luigi's. You're right. You're right. <laughs> that's funny. But I mean, you can set up an entire Mario. You know, like I'm gonna play that game. Hopefully, you know, just rabid free. You know, depending. No yeah, rabid free. 
Um, and there's, I mean, they're just mo rabbits, mo problems, is what I say. <laughs> and and of course, of course, Austin and I working at GameStop. How many rabbits games were there for the Wii? Oh Jesus God, too many. So many, so, so many. I, I just got tired of counting them, and I just threw them away. That's well, crazy. yeah, we would get like, um, whichever one was like given away with like probably that like link crossbow zapper thing. Like people would just return those. Because like they would immediately they'd buy the bundle and then just give us the game right away. They're like, I don't yeah. Want this. They would open it up and then <laughs> and like, just give it back to you. They would release those rabbits games. I don't want this. Like it's not just that we had a million copies of one game. Like instead of making expansions or like DLC or anything, they just release a whole new game. So we had like <laughs> there was like forty rabbits games released in five years. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was nuts. The Wii was a hassle. Yeah, the Wii was a real hassle. (laughs) It's so funny. It's so so weird to say, but, like, the whole, the the whole thing. Fuck the Wii, man, really. It was a whole thing. The Wii killed THQ. (laughs) I don't know how, but it did. (laughs) It's gonna be a whole other podcast we do, it's just gonna be you getting to the bottom of stuff. Like, just like that autistic kid figuring out figuring how out how every movie is somehow connected to kevin bacon it is like what is it uh, six degrees of kevin bacon or eight degrees or something um wait uh i had a question about something now um no never mind it's gone it's gone. I had. All right. I so back it, to Tommy it. Westfall. I think he imagined me too. <laughs> no, see, you should seriously look that up because it's got links to like every show that's involved. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, Tommy yeah. Westfall. I'll look it up. Um, okay. yeah, I'm gonna put that in the uh, description. <laughs> what was? Uh, <laughs> He's making like a, a note right now. I am. What are you guys most excited for coming out of E3? What game? Um, do you mean just in general, like? In general, just, yeah. Uh, or specifically that E3 made me into because we could do both. Both, yeah, give me both. Um, I would say that the E3, like my biggest thing that was like kind of a surprise that I'm really into. Um, I mean, I guess uh, uh Beyond Good and Evil, but I kind of need to see more of that first. Um, mm-hmm. I am really excited for that, and then uh, as far as like, I'm just legitimately excited for Skull and Bones. Oh well, okay, that's cool. I haven't heard much uh, much love for Skull and Bones, so I'm. Well, it's I'm just glad the good part it. of Assassin's Creed Four. But you can't get off your boat. <laughs> what? I don't think you can get off your boat, though. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting to see if you can jump from your boat to someone else's boat. Why would I get off my boat like... and and get rid of them? You know, I don't know. I, don't know. I want that. I want that to be a thing to look for Barry. But Beauty? I don't think it's gonna be. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's cool though. I, I was just gonna hear some some good things from from that from that uh, game. Yeah. I haven't heard a lot of good things. I mean, just I'm in about general, it. Um, just, yeah. just in general, I'm mo- I'm most excited for Shadows of War. Okay, very cool. Um, I'm that's really cool into thing. like the systems driven stuff, so mm-hmm. um, I, I really like what they're I'm, doing. My like my most anticipated is South Park. Uh, I think I probably said it like a million times on all of our podcasts. Uh, so going in, I wasn't like definitely like blown away, but the thing that going into E3 that just was crazy. And like, like right away, uh, aside from uh, beyond good and evil too, because that was, that was, a that wasn't just uh, like the announcement of a game. That was a gaming moment in history now. Mm-hmm. Like because that was that was incredible, 
Wait, like well, the I'm... dude was so passionate about the project. You could tell when he came out, and that's just—it's fantastic to see. But for Beyond Good and Evil, what City? took it? Yeah. Okay. But what took it for me was I think all of Nintendo. Mm. I did oh, not. Okay. I went into E3 like going. Well, you know, we're going to get a little bit from Nintendo, but we're going to get this from Ubisoft, and that's going to be cool. And Sony's going to come out swinging, and Microsoft's going to have some cool stuff. And, you know, of course, Bethesda. And when it got to the end, and then I was like, man, we've seen a lot of good stuff. Uh And then Nintendo continued to deliver. Continued to deliver. Everything that they announced, I was like, "I I want that. And that's why, like, it was just all of Nintendo. Like, of course, I want... Um, I want Mario, but I mean, even just the things that they announced uh, that they're like, hey, we're working on Metro, uh, Metroid Prime 4, the Pokemon RPG. It's just, it, mm-hmm. it was kind of, Nintendo was like the gift that kept giving. Mm-hmm. It was like you opened a box and it had a present in it, but there was also another wrapped box in it. And then you unwrap that and the same thing happened just over and over again. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it, for me, it was all of Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, just so that's much cool. anticipation. That's cool. Um, uh, what about you? I so uh, big. I'll, I'll do same thing. Like biggest like surprise coming out of it. Like thing I was not excited for going in and was excited for leaving was mm-hmm. uh, Shadow of the Colossus remake because like oh, yeah. mm-hmm. that's happening. What like that's crazy. I didn't expect that to ever happen. Like especially so soon. Like that game's not that old. They got a remaster like last generation. And they're just like, no, 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 we want to do a remake. And I'm like, yes, yes, more of this. Mm-hmm. Um, so excited for that, man. It's, man, it's going to be so much fun to go back through how good that's going to look. Um, and just like hopefully like no frame rate issues. Uh, I'm so excited for that. And then um, the, something like that I was excited for going in and even more excited for coming out was Days Gone. Like I've, mm-hmm. That game is trying to do things that just like other open world games have not tried yet, which is super cool. So those are my two things. Um, yeah, that's going to be awesome. Um, you know, we've seen – you've obviously just talking yeah. to us on this podcast. have seen a bit more than we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool to get some insight on that. But sitting back, I'm like – I'm excited for Days Gone. But I'm like – I'm not sure exactly what it's doing, like, like gameplay-wise or whatever, that is um, mm-hmm. kind of like – groundbreaking like what are they doing that no one else is doing sure uh, i just like this the way question. that the the way that the freakers like are living things i think is is really different uh what um, okay okay uh, so they're kind of like a mind of their own yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. 28 days later yeah. more than yeah yeah dead, exactly definitely definitely um what what is something you guys expected to be there or wanted to be there and wasn't oh that one's easy for me um that was but like at Bethesda's, uh, I think it was just everyone at MGI talking about it, and we all got kind of hyped up on Bethesda having uh, Starfield. Um, Starfield, yeah. yeah. Uh, and we were like, we we know it's been trademarked, and they don't have anything big this year. Uh, like, it's not that it's not big, and I think I've said this before on a podcast. Like Wolfenstein and Dune, I don't think for me they're not like massive. Like they're not system seller games, you know. Mm-hmm. They're they're the games that you enjoy that kind of work in the like middle of the pack for Bethesda. But their biggest games like like Fallout and Elder Scrolls, 
um, I, I feel like those ones are the system sellers, mm-hmm. and those are the ones that you expect to see something capped off at the end of the show. You know, every you know every not every year, but every couple of years. And I I was kind of hoping that they would have thrown that um, that third epic, you know, end of the end of the presentation game in this year. Mm-hmm. So I, you I guys, hoping, so but. you guys think Starfield's real? Um, well, I mean, they I mean, have a it, trademark. They have a trademark on it, so I mean they're doing something with the name at least. Yeah, but um, it, it depends on what it is. Because the rumor is obviously, as the name might imply, it's a sci-fi game, but mm-hmm. it somehow ties Fallout to Elder Scrolls, like defines how they take place in the same universe. Yes, and that's exactly what I want. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Especially um, if, also, they, um, if they no, do like a time but, travel thing in it, I'd be all over that. Um, so, like, well, the rumor is that Skyrim, the Elder Scrolls franchise takes place in the future and Fallout's the past. Uh-huh. Um, and I'm wondering, yeah, like... The yeah, Earth like, just I'm, gets, like, super fucked up from global warming yeah, well, or something? Well, I'm wondering, like, the radiation, like, eventually down the road, the radiation fallout Kinda of mutates Fallout everybody. mutates everyone into Khajiits and dragons and shit mm-hmm. like that. That explains um, Striders. What's the Strider? In, uh, um, Morrowind. The big like walking like stilt monsters. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember those. It was like the fast travel. Oh oh, it was these weird. big creepy bugs. Oh, okay, um, like daddy long legs, but <laughs> but I, I mean I feel like they've already set up like the big backstory. It almost feels it's like alternate timeline Fallout is for like Ameri- like kind of American history. So it's weird to see. I don't know that used in any other in any other way, mm. you know. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just waiting also, to see how all of Bethesda ties into um, the Ubisoft universe. Oh yeah, of course. Because <laughs> it has to somehow. <laughs> the Ubiverse. Um, also, <laughs> I heard something, and I, don't, I haven't done the research to see if this is true, but I don't know. You guys might be a breath with Elder Scrolls lore. Uh, it all takes place in like the dream of a god or something like that. Like none of it's real. It all takes uh, place in the dream of a god. I think is this true? I think one of the gods like dreamed the earth. I think it's like the part of the creation myth or whatever. Oh. Yeah, there's a ton of there's a ton of those like. Yeah. This is what and they all you know this is what it is. Yeah, a lot of them kind of comes from uh, conflict with each other too. So oh, okay, right. so it's just like one crazy religious cult is just like this is how we exist, and someone else is like no 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 it's it's this. That's, yeah, it's exactly how it's oh, playing out. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, because uh, that was that was that was pretty crazy uh, when I found that out. I was I, like, I would, "Well, hold on." <laughs> I, I would love to see exactly how they would tie those together. Like that would be crazy, and then to get a game on top of yeah, and supposedly that's what Starfield that is. It's the game about tying those together. <laughs> I'd be down cool. for that. That'd be cool. Um, if Starfield so. was like a mobile game where I like. <laughs> draw constellations and name them i would download it 56 times like it doesn't matter what it is i'm getting it he, he'd buy it more than skyrim yeah cool they just keep pumping them out don't they i'll take uh six more versions of skyrim please um yeah I, i'm i'm excited so i uh, truth be told i never played skyrim um i loved oblivion and i was oh never like into skyrim fucking god get off so, well, <laughs> like, I was waiting for it to come to PSVR, and so now it did, so now I'm in. Um, yeah, right. You're waiting yeah, in 2011 like... for it to come to <laughs> PlayStation Move I 2? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been I've been playing the long game because like no one wants to play a game they've played a million times in VR, but I get to play a game I've never played before in VR. So okay, that's he does have fair. a he has a good point. He has a good point there. But also cut his mic. Son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, I think that's a good place to cap it off. You guys have anything else that you uh want to talk about there? No, I think um no. I know a lot of people have said that like E3 has some shit they need to fix for next E3 and they're like nope. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see if they do like you know, if there's anything that comes up that they're like, okay, we're going to tweak this. We're going to have this, like, visitor, like, um, you know, uh, public-only area. And we're going to have this, like, you know, be able to, like, flag the industry people around them easier or something. I mean, you know, they're saying, like, oh, it was a huge success or whatever. And that's great, but, I mean, you can always improve. Yeah. Right. Uh, they made a lot of money. That doesn't mean people were happy about it. Right. So. Yeah. Um it's the it's the Assassin's Creed effect where like Unity sold great, but it's syndicates where you're gonna feel the hit. Uh, yeah. Like this, yeah. you made a lot of money yeah. this year, E3. Like it's, that doesn't mean next year people are gonna be as happy about it. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, cool. All right. All right. Also, just cool. thank you guys for having yeah. me on this podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. It's always yeah, fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for uh. Thank, yeah. Thanks for coming over and you know shedding some light on some cool stuff yeah, that absolutely. we were uh interested in mm-hmm. cool. um but as always at the end of the stream uh you guys can always check out all this stuff and more facebook.com backslash mammoth games inc you can also follow us uh on twitter at mammoth games and don't forget um you can get this on other streaming sources so if you're listening to it on podbean and you want it like just on your phone or whatever so you can listen to it while you work out or on your way home or something uh you can check it out on itunes and google yep. play um and uh drake over here he has uh you you have a podcast right what is uh what is your podcast um, uh podcast if is you want to push yeah. that out one more time yeah it's uh it's called divecast um the youtube channel is called dive um and mm-hmm. uh we do a few things over there uh the our main show is game dive where we uh dive into a specific area of the video game industry um it's been mostly general stuff right now but i'm going to start doing a few episodes where we're diving specifically into like a design talk about like a specific thing. So one of the upcoming episodes is talking about like this one particular puzzle in God of War and like why it's really well designed. And then we're doing another one where we're, uh, uh, I recently finished ukulele and I have some thoughts about it, but instead of like just kind of like doing a critique on that one game, I want to compare it to other, um, platformers and like what it did right and what it did wrong and like what it could pull right. from other platformers to improve its general like overall design, and basically just like getting into like what makes a platformer good, like what are good designs for a platformer, uh, and so stuff like that. And then yeah, we also have a podcast called Divecast, and then uh, we do a film co- podcast, uh, not super frequently, but every once in a while. And uh, uh, we played around with a name for a while, and we've landed on Back to the Features because every episode we also do a, a retrospective on um, a particular film. So, um, so, yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, um, when we, when we put this up on, um, like Podbean and everywhere else, we'll, we'll drop a, like maybe drop a link to, um, your stuff in there as well. So people can check that out. Appreciate it. So cool. Well, yeah, for, uh, Drake, myself, Night Swarm and Filtercord as always, thanks for hanging out guys. And we will catch you next time.